0: So, Rue McClanahan's first name isn't Rue.
1: No, no, it's but a, that's what I mean. Like it, it, They have their stage names, they have their it regular next,
0: names. It's short for Kangaroo. <laughs>
2: Kangaroo McClanahan, that's uh, right. I would be her Joey all day long. <laughs> oh, it's actually hey, Edie Rue.
3: Oh. i set him up, you knock oh, him down. Oh, shit. shit.
4: Welcome back everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to green light or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls went 180 episodes over seven seasons on NBC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called The Engagement, originally airing September 14th, 1985. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always, all the boys, Nick, Gordo, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? Heyo. Yo.
2: I'd kill it to be 40.
4: Happy first episode of 2023, fellas. Happy yeah. New Year.
2: Happy, Happy New, New, New year, year. year, everybody. 2023, the year of the goat. I don't know what year it is.
4: Well, now it's we have to of... figure it out what, what year is it.
2: It's Speaking year, of years, I was
4: surprised
0: no. to see that this was 1985. I didn't think it was that old. I feel like I always never think it was that old, though.
2: Yeah, the, the year, year three of the three rabbit. Of the five of us were born.
4: Yeah, you're you're the rabbit. Cool. What's kind of
2: kind of interesting about this too is that like I don't know if anybody here has ever seen. And they mention cocaine smugglers later on. Has anybody here ever seen cocaine cowboys? No. no, no. So they refer to it as like the Miami drug war that lasted from 1979 to 1985. Essentially, around the time this episode was going on, people were just getting, like, oozied to death in shopping malls constantly. Like, Miami was such a crazy hotspot for the entire cocaine trade in the country that there was so much gang warfare happening that people were just getting, like, mowed down by small-arm machine gun fire. It's just, like, a weird thing to think of, like, it's quaint and it's 1985 and Miami's just full of old people, but, like, yeah. across the street from their house it was just, like, People getting fucking myrtled left and right.
4: Blanche was like, I do declare.
2: Oh, be uh, she could declare on me all day long. Will you,
4: will you stop saying myrtled
2: all
1: that's the time? You, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, to be fair, old people really don't
4: live in Miami. It's well,
2: mostly young people.
4: Old people live everywhere. Yeah,
2: but Miami was, I mean, if you ever look at the history of Miami, which is like a really interesting thing to sort of look at, because it was basically a completely... It was just like Miami Beach was a few condo properties. Miami was very underdeveloped until basically the late 60s. So Florida itself has always been like a home for older people. And there were a lot of older people in Miami. But the reason it was so concentrated is because only very small parts of it were built up. And those people lived there. But the rest of Miami at that point was all like orange groves. Like the Miami we know of now is like a very modern uh, geographical thing, which is very interesting.
4: Modern day, like as we know it as Pitbull's Miami. (laughs)
2: Yeah, flow Riders is Miami.
1: Remember that time that we all saw Pitbull in concert?
2: I was not there for that.
3: I have never seen Pitbull in concert. Yes, you
4: have. You have, but it was yeah, it was a WrestleMania performance.
2: (laughs) You know, count WrestleMania. I mean, that's seeing a live performance.
3: It
4: is. That's the only way I could technically say I've seen Joan Jet live. You guys remember that time we went to that
3: DX band concert and booed the national (laughs) anthem?
2: (laughs) Did you boo the DX band because that band's terrible?
3: That's, um, that's what I mean. Yeah, they, it was the only time I've ever seen that. Oh, they the did national the national anthem. anthem.
2: Yeah. yeah,
4: did not go over well. Oh. America,
2: America. Oh, okay. I mean, we all know that the best uh, national anthem singing in any WrestleMania history is clearly Reba.
3: You know what? Probably right. <laughs>
2: like,
3: she I'm Aretha Franklin kidding. was real
2: good too, and Little Richard. I mean, there were some good ones back then.
3: It's better than Roseanne doing it at that hockey game.
2: Cubs I mean, when came, Roseanne did it though, it was, it was a pretty Cubs classic game. moment. She did
4: grab her crotch and spit. Um. <laughs> Before we go into the episode itself, first off, guys, go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links where you can follow us, listen to us, everything like that. Twitter, Instagram, we love interacting with you guys. Go S1E1Pod on both of those. And I want to mention, I'd like to do another giveaway. We did one in the past, so we're going to do it again. If you go on iTunes uh, and leave us a review, Apple iTunes, I don't know how this works officially, right? Leave us a five-star review with a nice comment send it to us prove that you did it we will send you a care package free of charge um i don't want to dispense exactly what we gave to the last person unless they decide to post it so uh just let it be known that it's worth your while it's not just a couple stickers you know it was a good amount of stuff yeah we 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 do well by you and it's for free so the first person to do it um we'll hook you up
2: i like the idea of us being like we'll send you stickers and anybody being like oh that's worth it (laughs) i have just like a drawer full of stickers that I get and stuff all the time where I'm like, well, I'll never use this.
4: So we give you stickers and other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and mustard.
2: You... <laughs> We send a lot of mustard <laughs> to the last person, just a full box of it.
4: Bef- and before we talk about golden girls, but on topic, Joe, I think it's important that we get this out of the way, right, right off the bat. Cause I don't know if everyone listening modern day heard our mama's family episode, which we did quite a while ago.
2: That was an early one.
4: Joe, can you please explain um, the significance of us doing a show like this and what that means for you.
2: Sure. So Rue McClanahan was my first celebrity crush. And, yeah. Uh, so
4: while most people our age, it was Topanga or Kelly Kapowski or the Pink Ranger. For Joe, it was Blanche.
2: But to be fair, first of all, Blanche is a babe. Second of all, she's only fifty-one in this episode. I'll be—I th- just turned thirty-seven. Right. It's not that big of a difference. All right.
4: Yeah, but when you but first when saw you her, watched yeah, this. you were like six, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? But that was in Mama's family, so that was also two years earlier than this. So she was in her forties,
4: ish. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, first of all, R.I.P. to almost everybody in this cast, but Ru McClanahan will always hold a special place in my heart.
4: Prob- probably legitimately everyone who's in this episode.
2: I looked it up, and most of the people. There's a couple of people like the, Pro- the, the, the police officer. The,
3: probably not the cook guy. No, oh my Coco's god! Guy. Wait. You don't he's know dead? the
2: story of what happened to Coco? Coco died nah. in 2019. Coco, so first of all, we all know him, too, as he's one of the main characters in No Holds Barred. Yeah. So if cool you're wondering credits. why that guy looks familiar, No Holds Barred is probably the answer, among a mother- bunch of other things. Uh, Ferg, just to really bum your day out. So Coco, at the age of 70, was driving his car with his dog on a mountain road. He got the car stuck. He tried to get the car unstuck and he couldn't, so he left the dog in the car and went to go get help. Unfortunately, that help came by a steep cliff that he fell off of and (laughs) fell to his death. And when they finally found him and his dead body, they also found the dead body of the dog stuck in the car. Uh So, it's, like, the most depressing fucking story. It just keeps getting worse. It's like, oh, they found the dog. They're like, oh, thank God. The dog was dead, too. It's like, oh, fuck. It's so bad. All right, listeners,
4: are you ready for a couple more hours of fun <laughs> like this?
3: You think his fall was, like, in Looney Tunes where, like, he just got smaller and it's a pop- cloud of smoke? Mother. <laughs> Didn't just never look down. You'll be fine.
4: R.I.P. Coco. Oh,
2: and that poor P. dog is probably Coco. like, when's my master coming home? I'm kind of Don't think it worse.
5: What's wrong with you? Yeah.
3: It's like Wait, that also- episode of Futurama when when a fries no. dog waits for him. No, Guys,
4: we're making this way too depressing. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> Although I'll say this, as we get into the episode, there's a lot of really sad monologues throughout this episode.
2: There's also some real weird, dark parts too. Like yeah. everything Sophia says at one point, you're just like, this is just fucking dark. Yeah.
4: So um, yeah, I mean, let's get into the episode itself. So it starts off with the theme song and just kind of like your standard intro to the show it's a very iconic song you know I, I i would be shocked if anyone listening hadn't heard it before but you would have known the thank you for being a friend and so on and so forth i'm not going to sing the whole song
5: i not no
1: this, uh, this version I figured you'd
4: pick it up and do the rest of the lines gordo do you have anything else
2: yeah i'm kind of surprised you didn't
3: yeah let's go gordo no he doesn't Why know not? another line for this song. No, I do <laughs> was... How do you yeah. not know the
2: words to this song? Travel down the road
3: and back again. Because I haven't watched. Your Golden heart Girl.
2: is true. You're a pal
4: and a confidant. Do do do. Here's Go where, home. like so this song's iconic and like those words are fine. The second half lyrically is terrible. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't think even I know ever... it, I don't think so. All it is is and if you were if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend.
2: I think that's, that's very a lovely. shitty gift.
4: No, that's just dumb. Like, you don't know what the gift is. You don't is. know what the
2: gift is. You just know what the card is. It's Why so would that be a dumb. shitty gift? It could be anything. It could be a dog stuck in a car. <laughs>
4: <laughs> don't,
1: don't cling to that. <laughs> don't, I'm going to stop this it's and go hug my doodle.
4: Don't do
2: that. Please turn off your camera before you do that, Gordon.
4: Uh, note to those listening, that's his dog. Yes. Also, another note,
3: this show is our pipeline to Jay doing Bobcat Bobcat
2: Goldwait. This also opens up, and so that, for anybody who doesn't know, means that we get to do Golden Palace, which is the direct spin-off of Golden Girls, which I think is a superior show. It only lasted for one season, but it's amazing. I didn't even know it existed. Oh, it's so good. I didn't either, especially when I made
4: that dumb bet. (laughs) <laughs> uh, also,
2: this opens up nurses. This opens first of all it opens up empty nest, which I can't wait to do. I love empty nest. And then empty nest had a spinoff, which is nurses. And at one point, the three or hour and a half block of TV, three in a row, was Golden Girls. It's spinoff, and then it's spinoff spinoff in the early '90s, <laughs> which is the only I time that No, empty happened. nest
0: was a spinoff. Actually,
2: yeah. So the doctor at empty nest, I can't remember his name. He comes Harry. He comes in a bunch around the season or so before emptiness starts and he's like sophia's friend when sophia has um god i can't remember the disease she gets where she's like none of the doctors believe me and he like figures it out for her he becomes their friend because he lives in the condo complex so then he starts showing up and then they spin him off herpes (laughs) oh v arthur (laughs) outstanding
4: just a clue in uh those of you listening who might be new to our show um for many a month now they've been trying to get me to do a Bobcat Goldthwait impersonation, which I can't, I don't have one. Um, You will but, get but working I, on it. But my workaround was, was I, you know, said in passing, yeah, if we ever do a show that Bobcats in the pilot, I'll do one. I didn't know. Cause, cause we had uh we did unhappily ever after a while back. And if you haven't listened, give that episode a listen. It was actually a really fun one. I thought that was it. I thought there were no other television pilots, uh, pilots, pilots, <laughs> Pilots that Bobcat was part of. So that seemed like an easy workaround. Turns out he was in Golden Palace. We have a spin off rule. We don't do spin offs unless we do the original show first. So now they are forcing us to do Golden Girls earlier than we may have done before just to get me to do this later down the road.
2: It better be worth it.
4: It's not going to be. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, it's worth it that worth it we get to do mean, Golden
2: even Palace Even if it sucks, Golden Palace is it. fun.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay. um,
3: don't write checks your ass can't cash. <laughs>
4: So, um, one thing I wanted to note about the intro itself, and something I guess I didn't realize—I don't know how many seasons this went in—but B. Arthur is credited under her like full name, Beatrice, Beatrice. Arthur.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was weird too.
4: I was like, "Huh? Like, obviously that's her name, but she's only ever been referred to as B. Arthur like forever." I that's thought that
3: much was a her dead name now, huh, Beatrice? You know, yeah, that's a, you don't Beatrice's hear that often anymore. These days.
1: No, she's a she's a princess in of the royal family, Beatrice. Um, One of the kids, I think of Andrew, Um, but I didn't know that I thought B. Arthur was her stage name. Like it wasn't Beatrice. It was just I mean, it probably
2: eventually was. I mean, it might be a SAG thing, too. There may have been like another thing. So Beatrice Arthur is how she has to be billed because that's how she's attached to, you know, Screen Actors Guild and stuff. Ruma Clamahan's
0: first name isn't Rue. No,
1: no, no, but that's what I mean. Like they have their stage names, they have their regular names.
0: It's short for Kangaroo. <laughs> kangaroo McClanahan. That's uh, right. I would be her Joey all day
2: long. <laughs> oh, exactly. Hey! Anyway. Oh,
0: I set him up, you knock oh, him down. Oh,
2: shit.
3: Shit.
4: So, um,
2: uh, also, real quick on the theme song, uh, I would just want to say that this is a cover song, right? So, this is Cindy Fee who does this version. The original is from the late 70s by Andrew Gold. And, uh, for some reason, this is we passed the video of him playing it around on our work chat all the time. It's like a 1970s promo video of him, like, sitting playing this song. and It's way more upbeat, and it's really great. So anybody who hasn't seen it should check out that video. It's, more uh, upbeat? it's pretty awesome.
4: I'm drawing a blank, but I know you've brought up Andrew Gold in a past episode before, and I can't remember why.
2: Yeah, he may have had another song where he, I can't, I'm blanking on it now, too. Yeah, yeah but he definitely, he was like a poppy 70s singer. But his version of the song is really great. I don't know why I don't have that record. I usually be able to pull the 7-inch out and be like, Rrr.
4: That's a great little sound clip that you can just extract.
2: Oh. Joe's,
3: Joe's gonna pull out a seven inch and go. Oh. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, uh, so all right, let's get into the episode itself. Now we got um, dead
3: dog and dick jokes, people.
4: Yeah. So we
3: haven't even started the episode. Yeah.
4: So the first scene, we have uh, Dorothy and she is, she's talking to Coco, who we were talking about before, and the character Coco, um, he's just. All all he's listed as he he was presented to be like their gay in-house cook. The intention of Coco was to be a series regular, but I guess he only lasted the pilot um, because Estelle Getty's character of Sophia was not intended to be a regular. She tested so well that they just kind of put her in the fourth spot and then kind of took him off the (laughs) future episodes. How, yeah. how
3: do you not know that's going to happen? Like, I know. <laughs> it's clear as day. I know, you get a the
2: right Getty, movie. the grandmother from Mask, one of the greatest movies of all time. The <laughs> comedy movie with Cher, Mask.
4: And I don't have like a... Like, I've seen a lot of Golden Girls in the past, as I'm sure you all have. But like the pilot episode doesn't... go You hadn't watched it at all? I've seen
1: bits and pieces. Yeah. But
3: like, I've never I, actually, actually... I haven't watched a lot of Golden Girls either.
4: I've seen my share. For sure because it was always on tv when we were kids but we,
2: we have all the dvds from when you had to just buy dvds of tv shows and like we binge watched this like 10 years ago because kelsey was always a huge fan of it It uh, was always the show that i had to
3: reluctantly watch with my grandmother
4: one way or another though i think it finds everybody's eyes
2: right? culturally i think it, it's just yeah. sort of ingrained in all of And
4: this. to see this first episode and right off the bat there's this guy in the kitchen with dorothy i'm like who the fuck is this like who's coco and then I went and searched because I'm like, how many episodes was Coco in? Just this one. So yeah, just the
2: one. I didn't was, remember this at all.
4: Yeah, he didn't survive past the pilot. But she's talking about how she taught a class today. There were two girls that had shaved heads and three boys with green hair. He's like, well, they're just expressing themselves. It's like, well, I had expressed myself and I told them to leave. That they were too ugly to look at. And now the parents are mad. And she said how like a father came in uh, defending um, his daughter, who's a bald girl with a nose ring. And it was weird because just hearing her say all this for 1985, it still sounds like a like a topical discussion you would get from an older teacher talking about like modern day kids, unless they become so desensitized to everything now. But
2: as somebody who looked much like that in high school, Gordo, you can agree with that too. We all had colored hair and piercings. We were like super punk rock mohawk. I
3: high looked school. like this.
2: How dare be Arthur? Not to be—I don't want to be ill of the dead, be Arthur. But like, how dare you come in and be like? Can you believe these ugly people? But like, be Arthur, come on. <laughs> as,
4: a t- as a teacher, can you tell kids to get out of your class because you're ugly? <laughs> in 1985, I think, I think you can. Probably, but probably not now. It
2: probably, then, but it now. it
1: probably flew then, but I can't
3: imagine that it would fly now. Well, nowadays, that's what teachers look like. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess
4: mean, that's true too. Chance. Yeah, I don't I mean, mean all. <laughs> yeah, no, every teacher just has green hair. <laughs>
2: I know plenty of teachers who have like tattoos and stuff though. Yeah. I mean, like it's just a different time.
4: And uh, from there, we enter Rose who walks in. Rose, played by the late great Betty White. She's the says, late great, are...
2: all of them, by the way. You yeah. have to say late great yeah. for each one.
4: And is Estelle um...
1: Getty dead?
0: Yes. yes. With it, with exception to Betty White, they all died within like a year and a half of each other. It was like eight, nine, and 2008, 2009, 2010. And then Betty White was 2021.
5: Uh, just,
2: honey, and aside from Ru, McClanahan, they were all pretty much the same age. They were all 62 or 63 when they made the except for Ru McClanahan, who was 51.
4: Actually, this would be a nice time to pivot. One of Nick's favorite <laughs> facts of all time growing up, which now I find out is not we we're going to get away true. with it. Yeah.
2: I thought this too when I was doing the that notes. Was like I was like, oh, Nick is a liar.
4: That he brought up like a lot of times. <laughs> That's the thing. But, um, it's a
2: showstopper.
4: Yeah. But as Nick would always tell us when we were younger, was that Estelle Getty was actually the youngest of all the girls in Golden Girls, despite being portrayed as the oldest, which is almost true. She's yeah, the second.
0: second. The, the second.
4: Yeah. yeah, Rue McClanahan is older by, like, a decade. No. Rue younger, 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 I'm sorry, younger. Yeah. yeah, so Rose enters Betty White, and she's like, oh, what a day, one sad person after another. But we find out she's a grief counselor, so, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that pretty much her job. That made me laugh.
2: I do like the, the breakdown of the jobs, too. It's a grief counselor, a museum worker, and a teacher. Like that's an interesting intersection of life. Like You understand why those three have a lot to talk about at night when they're having their cheesecake.
4: I had wrote this down later in my notes, but you know, good to bring up. This episode for a pilot did a really good job of giving you a lot of origin without having to show you the specific origin story or get into like this one long monologue. They just kind of slide little things in throughout the episode. Like well, their that's kind of the history.
0: That's the benefit of doing it with like established older people, because you don't need to know their life story. Like you don't need to go back 60 years and figure out where these people came from. You just need to know what they're doing right now. Cause that's yeah, the point yeah. of the show. But
4: they're even, all like,
2: widowed and they're here. Yeah. Go.
4: But we get like a little bit about how they ended up together. Like all that stuff. Like the, the stuff you need to know for this setting all gets sprinkled in throughout the episode.
2: I will say though, Jay, I agree with you that they do a really good job of this, except for when Officer Exposition pops in at the end of yeah, the episode. Yeah, we'll get. That it he just into comes and in and, out. and reads a monologue of information that no cop would actually read. Yep,
4: yeah, we'll like that whole thing
2: that. is so fucking wild. But aside from that, I agree.
4: And um, now we have Blanche head head in, and um, Rue McClanahan, the love of Joe's life.
2: Blanche head, what would you say?
4: Blanche heads in. Oh, okay. And uh, asks Dorothy if she can borrow a mink stole. She has a date. Um like later in the evening and she also heads to the fridge to grab cucumbers to put on her eyes uh, and she explains that it reduces puffiness <laughs> and uh, Rose asks if that if it works on thighs as well and she goes I don't know honey I don't need it for my thighs at this moment I'm assuming Joe's breathing heavy into a paper bag
2: it's <laughs> like why am I watching this on my work computer
4: just thinking about Rue McClanahan rubbing cucumbers all over her thighs I love a salad <laughs> I will Help. say everybody
2: here I'm guessing has been to Miami before right
4: uh, as of recently, Briefly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the first thanks, time, thanks recently.
2: to last summer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I went there. I've been there a couple times. The first time I went there was in January. It was the dead of winter, and it was in the nineties every day, and I was dying. It was so hot. She is leaving the house in a mink stole. Yeah, no way. You we, we went, went in to have July. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's uh yes, um, but uh, you get somewhat adapted to where you live as well. So that I mean that plays a little part of it. And yeah, we didn't She's... touch on that It was, it is in Miami, and I guess like it would also be good to note the house itself. We haven't really seen all of it yet, though, right? At this point, we're only in the kitchen.
0: It's fucking... I mean, we get to see two of the bedrooms. They're so big. The house yeah, is like, laid out
4: very nice, and I think they did a good job of... This house looks like, to me... Now, granted, I didn't live in the 80s in Miami... <laughs> But this looks like a house that would exist in that time, in that place, by women of that age. I don't know that weird tree bed. <laughs> <laughs> Scaled up to the fact that it's like a very nice big house. Have you got? Have? Uh, Ferg's
0: the only one I can think of who might have. Have you ever seen the house? Because it's a Universal Studios house. You can like take a tour and like go by the. Oh, really? Yeah. I, don't I didn't really know that. that. That's cool. I would do that. Yeah. I don't, like I don't you go think through and like you there see there a bunch anymore. of the houses. Um, yeah, I mean They're, like, like this the, is the probably. city lot or whatever. 19, I mean, no, it's, like, on, like, a street, like, that it looks like people live on. It's weird. I don't know. All the houses are just, like, establishing shot houses for some reason, or if people actually live in them.
3: But They've cleared, like, 99% of that out, not like it used to
2: be. That's sad, because that, to me, is, like, historical artifacts that, that should yeah, be Yeah, to forever. me, that's so
4: much more fun than, like, the Hulk ride. Yeah, like, I, yeah, wanna like go I see- don't care about that at all, yeah. but
2: I want to see the houses from these shows.
3: Like, they also got rid of the psycho house, which was also there.
2: Now that's even more so a classic. Like That's like an iconic yeah. house for sure. Like most people be able to be like, oh, that's a psycho house with the big uh, perch. I will say a smart thing too about this house, single, single level, right? Like that's like a classic, like older, older. person house. That,
4: that, no. In that area, that's like everything.
2: That's yeah, true say,
1: too. That's just a Florida thing. Unless you're like super rich, you don't have second floors.
2: I imagine part of that's going to be for the heat and humidity too, right? Like you don't want to be up any higher than you need to be.
0: I'm wrong by the way. Another fucking Golden Girls fact I was duped on. It's in California. I don't know what I drove by.
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> just some old woman sitting outside, and Nick's like, It's a golden girls house.
4: <laughs> I like the idea of whoever you were with tricking you into taking pictures of this random house. Universal uh, 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 is still in California.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess that's true. I've I've been I mean, I would love to go and find that real house now. We should do as a trip. I've gone to the full house house. Has anybody gone to that before? No, I've been in um, San
3: Francisco. I've been in the
2: area, but I've I, I didn't make it to there.
0: I have never been to California.
2: Um, I've been to California a few times. The full house house is it's like a house on a street, right? It just is a house on a street. A few things of note when you look at it, you're like this does not make sense to the geography Inside. of the sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way that works. And then you can't another, see Joey's alcove. You can't see Joey's alcove and you can't see like there's no way that attic that Joey and Rebecca end up living in works out that way. And there's no backyard and there's no garage, uh, but also it's people were lined up to take a picture in front of it, like shuffling along. So it was like two people came and they're like, hi, and then like they move out of the way and then you do like, so it would be a nightmare living there. And I was equally part of the problem. I was like, I'm taking my picture in front of this house. Fuck. Yeah, this. How do you not?
4: Yeah. It's like the stupid to, yeah.
2: wings in Nashville on the wall.
4: I got a nice shirtless picture in front of those wings. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would I would, I would
3: put like a
2: bad decoration out front like like a butt so people <laughs> didn't dick. it would just ruin everybody's <laughs> pictures. Well, they did put a gate in front of it so that you can't sit on the stairs, which I imagine had to be out of necessity, not out of like I'd aesthetics. I'd put a butt on the gate. But you put a butt gate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would just come out if I lived in that house in a robe but had nothing
4: underneath. Yeah, but did you'd I have see- to do that. Oh, so your plan is to be a sexual predator? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gordo, also, don't you have an original song written about hating California? I was just about to say, that's probably
4: why he hasn't been there. He's probably not welcome there after trashing them via (laughs) that that diss track.
1: Every time Boston is in some kind of championship series, I try and submit that song to be the theme song, and I have yet to hear from it. Hear from anybody. They're like,
4: "Uh, sorry, sir, we're playing the Mets. They're not from California. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, no, no,
1: the, the Bruins played, I'm sorry, the Celtics played Golden State, uh, the Celtics played the Lakers. Yeah.
3: Because you have to be specific, you have to say LA. We hate LA. Yeah.
4: California's
2: a big state. Yeah. No, fuck
1: and, the whole state. Okay,
4: no, 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 we 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 no. Yeah, we have plenty of people yeah, California. Yeah, I love
2: California. And also, if you're gonna pick a song like that, you pick This is Boston, Not LA. That's the song. Gordo, you might have a better chance
0: getting the bean pot to play uh, the ballad of the bean eaten man. Maybe you could pay be, Butterbean uh, to sing
3: your song.
4: We'll be in LA in a few months, so keep an so eye we, out, California
3: fans. Come find us for the S1E1 meetup.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, um, anyway. I mean, to be fair, if there's not a cross section of people who like our podcast who also are going to WrestleMania, I'd be very surprised.
4: Most likely. They mention after Blanche leaves, um, Rose and Dorothy are sitting at the kitchen table and they're talking. And they mentioned that they don't know much about this guy who she's going on a date with other than Blanche said that he has his own teeth and hair. It's made me wonder, like, is that like the sad reality of where your standards lie when it's like you're in your 60s and you're trying to date?
2: But again, she's not that old. She's only 50.
4: In the show, she's like,
1: do we know how old they are supposed to be? in the show? Are they supposed to be portraying older It's not ladies?
4: specifically portrayed, but they're all basically in their 60s sands. They're all around 60 except for Blanche, and then obviously, um, Sophia plays, like, an 80-year-old. Yeah, okay. she plays much
2: older than she is, but I always just assumed that they were playing their real-life ages. Oh, uh, okay. I, guess I mean, that's I true. could be wrong. I'm saying that's my assumption. I'm not saying that's any other no, no, like, fact.
3: Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Um, I don't know. They all have dead husbands, and kids that are fully grown up i mean back then you had kids younger
2: yeah, if you had a kid when you were eight if you had kids when you were 18 or you had you got married and had kids when you were 20 say right and she's 51 those are 31 year old kids
4: yeah, yeah i just don't i don't know i'm not Could have been an older husband too i forget that... to talk
2: about her husband later on but i can't remember if he's older or not than her unlike mama's family when like your kids were your age
4: or older older, or older. kids were
2: older <laughs> betty white from mama's family There's, like, weird cross-section from this show where, like, everybody who was on this show was on Mama's Family, Mod, or both, which is really interesting.
4: Yeah, so Betty White and Rue McClanahan were on Mama's Family together. Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur were on Mod together. I don't know if Estelle Getty had anything with any of them. But, yeah, no, I don't, again, I don't think, when I watch this, I get the vibe that Blanche is supposed to be the same age as the other two, but who knows? It's not specifically mentioned, so who's to say? But Dorothy mentions that dating all Miami men at this point that are under 80, they're all drug smugglers. Joe, you just kind of got into that a little earlier. I so, really
3: thought they were going to go with gay with yeah, that joke. Yeah, that's, that, what my mind
2: <laughs> that's when you find out like cocaine smuggler is some sort of slang you didn't know about. You're like, oh, that guy's a real cocaine smuggler. You're like, oh, the 80s were weird.
4: But yeah, um, now that we know more of the history of what was going on in Miami at that time, what a dark joke.
2: Yeah, that's, what, that's why it stood out to me. And also, if no one's seen Cocaine Cowboys, watch Cocaine Cowboys. It's amazing. It's a really great documentary. Or
0: Miami Vice.
2: Oh, my God. I love Miami
0: Vice. Watch that and um, Joe's
2: favorite truck stop parking lot. <laughs> or whatever it was. Again, Okay, listeners, this was from a few episodes ago, so I hope somebody reached out now. But if you have heard of and seen Heavy Metal Parking Lot, a very popular cult film, please let us know. I'm not alone in this.
1: I can tell you that I monitor the Twitter. No one has reached out.
2: Well, that's not different. That's not, nothing to do with the question.
4: No one has specifically tweeted at Gordo about it yet, but...
2: All right, somebody no. please tweet or Instagram or something if you've seen Heavy Metal Parking lot and to tell them I'm not crazy. <laughs> Meme it I just to bought Gordo. the, like, 40th anniversary Blu-ray edition of it this year. Do you guys want to come watch it?
1: Sure. You know, Why don't you like... bring it down to Boston and we can all watch it
2: together?
0: I love how every time we discuss this, it's five people going to Maine
2: instead of one person coming yeah. to Boston. <laughs> well, to be fair, where am I going? Nowhere. Yeah.
3: Just hop so, on a um, moose and ride it down to Boston.
2: <laughs> I'll take the down Easter. Oh, I can't get down there from here.
4: In any event, um, Dorothy goes on to tell a story about how earlier today she was in the teacher's lounge and she was talking to a bunch of girls that are in their 20s and they were all just chatting and they got to laughing and having a great time. And in that moment, she kind of forgot that she was older than the rest of them, and she just kind of felt like one of the girls. But then, when she got back to her car, she caught a glimpse of herself in the mirror and nearly had a heart attack. She said there was an old woman in the mirror, and she didn't even recognize her. And then Rose, like very earnestly, goes, "Who was it?" And it was so good; like her delivery was
1: perfect. Killed me.
2: That her timing is great. Killed me. That also with that one line sets up Rose for the whole show. Like, you yes. know exactly her character from that one joke. Like, it's so perfect and well-timed and acted by her, but well-written to be so simple. It was forever coming, you yeah. know Rose's character. That,
4: but the thing was, like, the way she delivered it, she wasn't, like, delivering it to get, like, a laugh by being goofy. She played it very earnestly and just, like, looked very serious and asked. And it, it just, like, it was the perfect way to deliver that line where I think a lot of people would have, I don't know, overdid it. And um there was a lot of subtleties to her performance. I th- I thought she did phenomenal throughout the episode. I think she was like the shining star. I know most people will say Sophia.
2: And to I mean to Betty White's credit too because I mean she passed away only a year ago or so, but she was pretty sharp as attack and still very funny yeah. to her dying day and her almost 100 years old. And that's got to stand for something. Like she was always funny and always with it and still working and doing stuff until like She died her very days last day. before 100, right? Yeah, yeah, she just missed it.
4: There was a the People magazine about like Betty White turns a hundred. Like I, I bought one because I was yeah. like, this is such a weird piece of like history now. Like unintentionally,
2: it's the hard thing about print media. You always have to be, like at least a month ahead. It's yeah. like when we were growing up, you'd always read wrestling magazines and you'd get it in like January and be like March ninety seven.
4: Um, I want to go back a little bit because I thought Dor- Dorothy's story was like it was really good. I thought it like it it in a way it was a kind of like this perfect vehicle for us the viewer. Because obviously the show is not going to be targeted just for all older women, right? And it just made her so relatable and just kind of like her being able to interact with all these younger girls. It just kind of like stripped it down and just kind of like in a way that, you know, we're all just kind of humans, right? Our bodies are aging, but like you just don't get old and become a complete, completely different human being necessarily, you know? And I just thought that was really good for kind of a way to like let us all in. And I don't know if you guys thought of it in that way, but. I think that was, like, perfect for the episode.
3: Also, when she told the story, I saw it, like, in my head, like... Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you
2: can see, like, the circular table she's sitting at in the uh, school break room. Teacher's lounge, I think is the proper term for that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, is, like, I mean, if you talk to anybody, I'm sure we've all had points, and, like, you have people who you work with who are older, people who you work with who are younger, sometimes pretty high on the scale both ways. As we get older, right, people who be 18 you work with, and I feel like as long as you aren't talking about things that are, like, culturally relevant specifically to that generation there's no difference like people are just people it only gets weird when somebody brings up something that's outside of what they know you know what
4: i mean sometimes like when certain like things that especially if they're from like our youth like i work in this environment right where i work with people that are anywhere from 18 to like legitimately in their 60s and we all do the same job type work is always like a magic place where age doesn't count you know and you just all you know, fraternize, and it's until you, like, realize someone's specific age and what year were you born, and, like, that's when it reminds you, but, yeah, when you're all just sitting around and talking, you just don't think about it in that way that you would anywhere else sometimes.
0: It's funny to think, too, in that scenario specifically, like, we're kind of on the bridge between the people who are young and the people who are old, but we're we're getting closer to the end of the bridge, too, to becoming, like, the old guys at work. Yeah. Which is super depressing. I mean, luckily, I work with a bunch of guys in their, like, 60s and 70s, so there's a big enough gap. But if those dudes weren't there, I'd be on the older side.
4: I mean, I work with people who are legitimately 18 years old, and it's like, I'm twice their age. Twice their age. Like, it's so weird to get your head around, because, like, you know, we're not in our 60s, but, like, you know, to live twice the life that these kids do, and you don't feel that much older when you're all around each other.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the weird little things, too, where, like, you know, you go into the store and they have the sign that's like, you must have been born by this date to buy alcohol. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, we were, like, no, 16 nobody at under." Point.
4: At this point, it's 2023 as a recording of this. It's like, you have to be born by, like, what was it, 2002? <laughs> to, yeah, to be you able have to be born alcohol?
2: after 9-11 happened to buy alcohol. What the fuck happened? How old are we and where are yeah. we? I mean, we're coming up on
0: our, what, 19-year high school reunion? Like, that's insane.
4: We're Yeah, we're, like, approaching, we're like, like, a legit reunion soon. Yeah, would um, we do
0: twenty or would we do twenty five? I don't know how that. I works. was thinking about that 20. recently because
4: it came up in a conversation. Yeah, I didn't know if we did twenties or twenty fives or how that worked.
2: Well, the first one they ever did for us was seven. So who fucking knows what math they're first doing? First was a little eight. Gordo, you remember that one?
0: <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Was that the free alcohol one? No, it was the one at the Bellin Hand. You got
3: kicked out of coming up the stairs. <laughs> that's the one I could have. That's the one I could have killed you at because you made me so angry. <laughs>
4: So um, Blanche heads back in, and Dorothy asks for some more information about Harry. Uh, Harry's the guy that she's seeing. And she starts to go on about all these great qualities that he has, like how he's a perfect gentleman and a great dancer, and he doesn't make noises when he chews, and he doesn't take his own pulse. Um, Is that a thing that people do? Maybe when you get to a certain age.
2: Yeah, like you ever see, like, you know, when you're at a, like a pharmacy or something, or the Walmart or whatever, and you see like yeah. older people sit down and do the blood pressure thing on the chair. Yeah, but
4: I did that as a kid all the time because I thought it was like a fun game. I
2: yeah, you to... as a game. People do it though to be sure they're doing okay. So yeah. you can take your pulse too that to make sure that you're like not, you know, crazy heartbeats or anything. So when you're older, you probably do that a lot because you're tracking that stuff more.
1: I used to uh, make a game of it when I was younger, and I would try and slow down my heartbeat and take like very short deep breaths so that it would reach zero. Zero's I, not good. Yeah, I don't think zero is the number down, you want to have. I got it down to <laughs> you were zero dead. once. Yeah, I got it down to zero once by holding my breath for really, really long time and like releasing slowly, and it set off the machine. Just so you guys know,
3: um, I really don't recall seeing those very
4: often anymore. Are those still a no. thing? They just sell you them now. Like I own one. Like you can buy like a cuff for at home and stuff. So it's um. Why I'm, give you one for free when they can make you buy one for 30 bucks or whatever? I
2: imagine. I Fitbit, the so it tells me what my BPMs are all yeah, the time. True. Right yeah, now I, I have 90 beats per minute.
4: But uh, I, I want to mention as she's going over all these qualities, the last thing she mentions is that he's still interested. And Rose goes in what? <laughs> and again, it was just like, it was much like the, the line earlier when Dorothy's telling her story, just really great delivery. Um, but when she did that, because it was so close to the, like, who was it line i got nervous that they were going to overdo this but i think they did find a really good balance but they went so close with these two i thought there was a chance that it was going to be like okay i get it
2: again though this throws me off because i'm like she's only 50 <laughs> like this is making I me mean, like generations have changed and the way people are perceived especially by age now is very different but if you watch i mean sex in the city came back right every one of those women was over fifty. People on TV who are over 50 are, it's like normalized that people have sex lives, you know what I mean? But they make this out to be like this weird thing, like, he's an old man, he still wants to have sex. Like, you are 50 years old. This is not old. You are still 15 years away from when you could earliest retire. Like, you're not old. So,
4: I do think you're like clinging a little bit to her age being on the younger side of the spectrum where I think we're supposed to lean a little older, but I think we're going to like like granny
3: old on this show this is what you're supposed to but look at them
1: this is why i thought that they were older to bring it back to my earlier point like this is the line that makes you go okay because people in their 50s they fuck so people in their
2: 60s and their 70s and their hey, 80s though that's the thing fun it's like fact, you, people never stop
1: fun fact did you know that nursing homes actually account for most of the viagra purchased
3: and most stds yeah
2: it's, it's most yeah. of the stds in the country too or is STI now. I think STI is the new yeah. They call them term. STIs,
1: but I yeah. won't do that. It's STD.
2: But yeah, it's mainly in nursing homes because it's just sort what, of rampant.
4: What's the I stand for now? Infection. 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 Stupid. Stop yeah, it's, stupid. It's it's people having
2: it. sex, and then it's Vern Gagne body slamming a ninety five year old man and killing him. That's what happens in nursing homes now.
3: <laughs> so I can't wait to get
2: old. Yeah. So, um, well, it's better to be the body slammer than the body slammy. I guess that's the way you're looking at it.
4: (laughs) As they're having uh, the conversation, they also find out that Harry proposed, and it's only been a week. But more importantly, he wants an answer tonight. I was like, oh, that's cool. All great marriages start with a good ultimatum. You know, it's it's
2: ultimatums that really make a marriage and a relationship work. Yeah. So,
3: for an answer, it's not exactly an ultimatum. Like, we don't know if he'd break up with her. I mean, suggested, but.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not specifically said, but I mean, if you were on the, you're on your first date with somebody and then you're like, this is great. I love this. And a week later, they're like, we get married now <laughs> or, or we're through. You run. You don't think this could be a good relationship. That's terrifying.
1: So is this, so are we to believe that they banged already?
2: I mean, she true. says yes. he still has a sexual appetite. So I'm assuming within that week, they probably had sex. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, least she, she's, he, speed r- sped run
4: that you don't want to marry someone that you've never had sex well once upon a time that was like a big faux pas that you never did that
0: that's what jay's doing or that's what he tells us anyways
4: i would just <laughs> prefer to wait until i meet someone who's special <laughs> um but yeah it's weird it's just so they,
1: weird that you would um propose to somebody on, well, like, first date or within the first
0: week, or
4: it's a, f- it's they've known each but- other a week. So I can assume tops they've gone out three times. Well, you know I what was I mean? gonna say,
0: I would say this situation is less weird at their age. I agree. Mm. You know, you probably see this more even nowadays, you probably see this more often. People who have been alone for too long, they're missing With out. And- I
4: bet for sure that like that timeline is expedited, but a week is still crazy
3: yeah
2: i mean
4: yeah. They, yeah they
3: touch on that later too with the engagement yeah. Oh, yeah too
2: i feel like if you're older and you've been widowed a week is fine and if you're younger and you're just about to go to war or you just came back from war then a week is fine yeah. anything else from that seems kind of suspect
4: um they try to ask blanche like what she's gonna do and she's not really sure yet she's conflicted and she's kind of she acknowledges that you know she hasn't known him that long but also she's afraid of losing him and then, um, during the conversation, she says she has to leave and go put her face on and exits. And I was like, what a, like, a- another old term you don't really hear much anymore. But that was always the, the way to say I gotta go, like, put my makeup on was I have to put on my face. But, like, you don't really hear that one.
3: I love Lucy. They always
2: said that. Yeah. It's so, an old time. Yeah. To time to I, I, the, I The powder room. I always like the term water closet. They stopped using that. And. In Europe, they use it all the time. They right? still use it in Europe, yep. yeah. Oh, but yeah. like, even like, you watch like a mobster movie, it's like, I'll be right back, fella, I gotta go use the WC. You're like, Man, that sounds so fucking cool. I, I prefer the Wiz Palace. <laughs> the Wiz Palace. I Speaking of that. which, at one point, Sophia does say that she has to pee every morning in this episode, and that's the first time the word pee was ever used on network television.
4: What a big moment in television history. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Wow. A, a <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: that is an interesting tidbit. Wow. And Estelle Getty from Mask is the one who got us there.
4: So, um, after she leaves, Rose says to Dorothy, you know, what if she marries him? What'll happen to us? This is her house. So we're getting more backstory. Like I said, they kind of just trickle in these like little tidbits of information as we go along. We find out this is Blanche's house and Dorothy's like, well, then we'll move. Rose is like, we can't afford to buy a house. Like, what do we do for, what do we have for collateral? A gay cook?
2: It's a weird line. (laughs) Also, Brandt. they don't own him, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we don't—they yeah, don't own like, him, right? What if,
4: yeah? What if Coco stays? What if, yeah? If
2: Blanche is like, I'm keeping Coco.
1: Yeah, who gets custody of Coco?
4: I think Coco would probably stay with Blanche because I feel like Coco came with the house when they when they uh, moved oh, in. I, I would assume Frankie gets Coco. I don't get that reference. It's probably for that. some
3: Disney movie, right? Oh, Coco, beware!
4: Oh, oh. Frankie.
3: Another. Oh, sorry. I, thought I was, I was trying to think over the of a Coco,
2: Coco Beware, yeah. yeah. Speaking of other pets who died in terrible ways...
4: Okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Coco died <laughs> in a
2: house fire and the neighbor said he heard him squawking. <laughs> Do you
4: have any other bum-out facts you want to tell all the listeners? <laughs> like,
2: jeez. <What> fuck? <laughs> I'm just relating true stuff I've heard about pets. I'm not... like I love pets. My kitty's right out there. I don't want to see an animal get hurt. I love animals. It just happens to be that Ferg brought up another... Very sad animal death.
4: Okay, but what can we maybe Flipper? put a...
2: You know about Flipper?
4: A, how, about we, how about we put a cap on how many tragic animal stories per episode? No, now I kind of so, need
3: to know about Flipper.
0: Yeah. S- yeah. Committed Flipper committed suicide. You do not want to know about Flipper. Move on.
4: Flipper
2: committed suicide? <laughs>
4: okay. Oh, God. Stop. Stop.
2: No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. Let's we need to know Flipper how Flipper episode. died. Flipper
4: I think so we know. can cover. We could cover Flipper in the future, and then let's <laughs> talk about it then. Okay, Let's we're see. never covering Flipper. Gordo, oh, yeah. what happened to Flipper? <laughs> I literally have it on my list of like potential. It's coming. Yeah, switch out my thing for Flipper. <laughs> moving, forward, <laughs> so moving, forward. moving forward, so, so um, we can talk about moving forward. So we can talk about
1: dolphins. Well,
4: Flipper makes sense
2: though, because he might, he's, he might be a Miami Dolphin. Yeah.
4: In any event, well, so, that's why. So they uh, then they head to Blanche's room. They try to ask her again what she's gonna do, and I thought that was a little unnecessary because they just asked her. 10 seconds ago, what she was going to do. So I don't understand why they had to ask her again. But she still doesn't know. And she says um, she doesn't think she's going to know until it comes out of her mouth. And Dorothy reminds her that this isn't a belch. It's a marriage. By the way, um, you guys notice that bed? Oh, my God.
0: It was the ugliest bed I've ever seen. You can also park a Buick in that bedroom.
4: I
3: never really noticed the bed, to be honest. So it's like palm leaves. Yeah, it's palm leaves on the wall, but then she also has a palm leaf like blanket. So it merges all into one to look like a tree. It's like, it was like, I couldn't stop staring at it. It's not
2: good. I will say, though, it is not anywhere near as ugly as all the furniture in the friend's house from the single guy from a couple weeks ago, because that might be the ugliest piece of furniture we've seen in a TV show. And that's 10 years later.
4: She says she wonders what her husband, George, would think about her and Harry. Dorothy fires back with, well, if he was alive, he probably wouldn't like it. But since he's dead, I don't think he's going to have any problems. Um, I thought. So they give like Dorothy, like almost too many one liners, like almost every time she speaks, she says something sarcastic. This one was a little insensitive, right? This whole scene. Every time Dorothy It's selfish speaks. and kind of
2: weird.
3: Go ahead. <laughs> Mine was pointless. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to. Every time she speaks, she reminds me of Ernest's character that he does when he's the
2: old lady, oh, his mother. Yeah. Oh, I love. The, I forget. Hey, there's a name. The character has a name. Do I forget? Her only son, not a terribly <laughs> successful son. <laughs> she has <uses> the neck <laughs> brace on.
4: So um, the doorbell rings and Blanche says, "Oh, that must be him. I haven't even finished my face yet." And Dorothy's like, well, the only thing left is to dip it in bronze. Um, again, I think that one was a little forced. I didn't quite understand. Unless you're saying she put too much makeup on, like there's nothing left to do.
2: That also doesn't really. Tr- I mean, that's a an old, an older, not them older, but like that's like not something people really do anymore. Right? You'd be like, oh, you bronze your baby shoes, or you bronze
4: these I have, things. I've but- bronze baby shoes. Do you guys- yeah, I think I do as well. But well, like, I don't our, know anybody like, of our generation here. who
2: still does that.
4: I don't, like, have my own bronze baby shoes in my room or anything, but...
2: I like the idea that you've just got, like, a giant kettle of bronze that you just dip stuff in every day. Like, ooh, bronze potato chips, ooh, bronze sneaker. We
4: should find some weird stuff to bronze.
2: Yeah, we should look. Is there a bronzer around here? Is that the right word? I don't think bronzer is the right word. Alchemist? Are you referring to alchemy? I don't know.
4: It would be fun to get, like, your adult size sneakers bronzed. It's
2: like a size, like, ten pair of sneakers. You're like, I don't know, fuck.
4: So, um, they head to the door and they're wondering what he's gonna look like. And Rose, li- Rose says, I just hope he doesn't have any hair in his ears. Dorothy, like, looks back to be like, what? And the expression that Rose <sighs> made was, like, she's, like, She's, like, recoiling like, in horror over Yeah, like, hair. just the idea of it. And, like, I don't know. Again, something about her, like, she, she just really- That's Betty delivered.
0: White's, like, calling card. Is, she's, like, not only is she fantastic deadpan, but she's just, like, a great, like, reaction actor. And, she's a good yeah. face actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a fucking icon. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> she just like, like I said earlier, she just doesn't overdo it. She just like, she gets it. That lady was really good at her job. that's <laughs> probably why she had a thousand year career.
2: Yeah, if you look at her too, it's like Betty White stars in like Cornflakes Presents Comedy Moment from 1947. You're like she's from the fucking beginning of television all the way up through a, a year ago. Like it's fucking <laughs> all the wild. way up to the end of it. Yeah. Know, right. Yeah. People cut the cord and Betty White was like, that's it. Fuck it. I'm out.
4: So um, turns out the person at the door wasn't Harry, but it's Dorothy's mother, Sophia, who walks in and informs her daughter that everyone's fine. Nobody died. But her nursing home burned down. And when Dorothy finds out her mother took a cab, she's like, well, why didn't you call me? She's like, I'm perfectly capable of managing by myself. I don't need help. I'm totally independent person. I need $67 for the cab. <laughs> Which, and, by the way,
2: uh, now would be $185. Geez. Yeah, Jesus. So that's an expensive cab ride.
4: Yeah. and Although Dor- I definitely
2: took an Uber in Miami once that cost that much money.
4: Yeah. So Dorothy heads out to straighten up with the, um, with the driver the price of this ride, because she said it was only like a 15-minute ride. And Sophia had told the driver, well, I'm sorry, the driver told Sophia that there was a tax because he's Cuban and he's bilingual, and like... Uh, having a bilingual driver had a, uh, a tax attached to it. I I guess if you're like Spanish sp- speaking and you had to like hire someone who was bilingual as a premium, I guess. But um, well, I mean, ca- didn't that. By-
2: cab drivers screwing people over for weird things is like a a thing as old as time, right? We're just coming out of the holiday season and Thanksgiving. There's that scene where in planes, trains, and automobiles they get in the cab and they just mm-hmm. drive around in circles and you take the scenic route, right? Because back then when it was not rated by Trip. It was rated by a mile. That's a way to fleece people, right? So, I feel like always slowly, see those jokes
4: Uber keeps finding ways to like charge us for more things than they did before.
2: Did I tell you about so this this track? So, I haven't taken an Uber in like two years, right? Not much need to up here or whatever. But my wife had her work's Christmas party. She wanted me to go. We have one car. She's there. Okay, it's a Friday night. I'll I'll meet you. I'll Uber whatever. So 20 minutes or so, I finally find an Uber. Guy comes to pick me up. I get in the car from my side. He is sitting so far back. And at that point, it's too late. I realize I fucked up and I'm on the wrong side. But I'm so squished in that I can't move. So now I have to ride the entire way with my legs like completely sideways. He doesn't say one word to me, not even after I was like, hey, how are you? Just no words. And he just played salsa music so loud that his speakers were rattling, but not in a way like he had a good sound system. Like he had just blown out his speakers previously. So anytime the bass played, you could hear like actual pieces of plastic oh, rattling. Yeah,
4: I've heard that. I hate that. And it was a
2: 25 minute fucking Uber ride in silence aside from that. It was fucking awful. My legs cramped up. It was not enjoyable. I'm sorry.
3: There's no sin. There is no case
2: where I wouldn't move over. I couldn't. <laughs> I would have, like, had to kick him to move him because he was so far back. Like, I got in sideways, right, Cause you get into a car and then you slide in and I was like, oh, now I'm stuck.
1: He I sliding. Just, I would have just kept sliding and I would have said, fuck
3: your car.
2: I mean, I guess I could have done that or he could have left me somewhere or myrtled me.
3: That's how Joe gets beaten to death, with a hammer.
2: Right, yeah.
4: Rose tells Sophia, you know... Have a seat. You must be exhausted. She's like, "Why? I rode in the cab. I didn't push it." And then Blanche walks in, and she greets Sophia. And Sophia's like, "Who are you?" It's like, "It's me. It's Blanche. You look like a prostitute." And (laughs) and then she asks if she can get something to eat, or is the fancy man in the kitchen?
0: They uh, they never. I didn't know. They go over her stroke. Yes. Yes, which I do not remember being the case at all. So she is like disabled in a way that allows her character to be the way she is, which I had no idea. Yeah. That's a conversation. Yeah. As soon as she walked
4: out, it was the conversation between Rose and Blanche because Rose didn't think there was much excuse for her being this blunt, but yeah, apparently a major stroke destroyed the part of her brain that senses what she says, which was like, um, it, so it explains it and they don't touch on it in the future, but like, was this, like, a good way to deliver that information or was it unnecessary to give that part no, of I her character? No, I love Yeah, I think I like it was a good
2: way to do it. Especially as somebody who's watched a lot of this show and didn't remember this part at all, it kind of gives you, like, a, oh, that, like, sort of makes sense as to how she goes through life and everybody knows it around her, right? So it sort of just allowed, because she gets yelled at a lot in the show, right? Like, her daughter yells at her a lot, like, Mom! You know, every time she says something she shouldn't, but there's, i just it's feel like that's old right? people
4: though right like isn't that like how say, you Euros get to that year? age
2: where you're just allowed to say whatever you yeah want. that's, that's kind
4: of the well, only well, good thing was, about being old i just thought that's what it was she was just oh, so yeah. old she doesn't care and this joke
2: is still going on right like think of the grandmother in wedding singer right like that's very much just playing sophia's character yeah well the and, mother so, the, uh, mo- the mother one. from
3: dinosaurs which we covered in
2: episode two man that was episode two
4: yeah Dorothy heads back in, and she's scolding her mother for telling the driver she'd give him a $67 tip, but Sophia's insisting she said a 6 or $7 tip and said, why don't these people learn English if they're going to live here? This is Miami. I'd have less trouble getting around Ecuador.
2: This is tough. <laughs> this is like, yeah. you're like yeah. oh, <laughs> she says whatever she wants. You're like, yeah, but what she wants to say without regulation is racist.
4: I read something going through it that, like, the writers deliberately kept trying to give her, like, racist shit to say, like, in every episode. Like, they went out of their way to do it.
2: I mean, I don't know if you saw that there's a line where they had to cut in this and cancel. Yes. In this we'll, episode, we'll get to, which is, we'll like... We'll talk about it, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of sad they didn't keep it in.
4: The doorbell rings again, and this time Blanche answers, and it is, in fact, Harry. Um, No real opinion of him, like, seeing him, he's just, like, a well-to-do, he looked like, he had some money, like, older guy.
1: Wore a suit in Miami. Very weird. Again, rich
4: people life.
2: if you're not wearing one that's like a linen suit, right, like a, like a Jobert in King of the Hill type of suit, or like, why do you think Don Johnson and those guys were always wearing white suits in Miami Vice, right? It's fucking a billion degrees out in humid. Wearing, yeah. like, a gray tweed suit can't be comfortable.
4: The thing about, like, rich people is you either dress like that or you dress like you're almost homeless. Like, that's how, like, rich people go about it. You either, mm-hmm. like, want to look the part or you're so rich you don't give a fuck. And then, like, you have, like, your, like, Steve Wozniak's of the world. But um, when he's being introduced to everybody, he says to Sophia, like, oh, well, you must be Blanche's sister. And she's like, well, you must be blind. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know that she suffers nobody. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't take any compliments. She just calls the shit right down the middle. And this dude is clearly trying to just be a scuzzy snowball guy. Due to
4: that no-stroke, that no-filter stroke she had. And so when Harry hears the news about her nursing home getting burnt down, he says, you know, how terrible that is. And she replies with, not to me. It was a retirement home. You know what they did? They set off the fire alarm in a retirement home. Who can rush? Half the people have walkers. The other half can't get out of their chairs. That line is But they got bells ringing sense. off like crazy. You know but what? This is the line
2: that's dark, and then this comes right into a line that's very dark as well. With different characters, we're like, this is weird. I didn't remember this being so dark.
4: Well, yeah. Well, uh, she a fire alarm
3: saying, isn't meant to make you rush. It's just meant to alert you all to go. So it shouldn't. Uh, it has no. It has nothing to do with how fast they can move. To so alert though. them, there is a fire in the thing.
1: Question though, this is where my mind went is that she was in a nursing home, a retirement home, right? We assume it's a nursing home. Yeah. They don't just let you, like, check yourself out and go wherever the fuck you want if you're in a nursing home.
2: I mean, some do, but also if it burns to the ground, I don't know if there's much uh, administration at that point.
4: Also, you gotta keep in mind that the place burnt down. It wasn't like she went to the front desk and said, I'd like to leave. It doesn't exist anymore. I
3: like a world where she burnt it down to get out of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, <laughs> one of the running gags of this show is her constantly talking about that retirement home and then her constantly being threatened to be brought back there. And she talked about how miserable it always was. So her burning it down would track.
4: And to finish the quote, she's because she said, but they got bells going off like crazy. You know what that does to hearts that only beat a few times a week? It's not pretty.
2: A lot of dead people at the Shady Pines.
4: Harry and Blanche head out because they have reservations, and as the door' shut, Sophia says, "That man is a scuzzball. The crowd fucking explodes when she delivers that line, and it's one of those we talk about when you can tell it's a real studio audience, because there's one guy with a really awkward laugh who doesn't stop laughing, <laughs> like, well beyond everybody else. So this is like
3: a rare time that, I, I, that I've that i seen her without her glasses on. She always has those trademark gigantic glasses, and it was yeah. just really strange, because that was the yeah. first time. I was remembering what Nick said about her being the youngest one, I go, that's clearly an old lady. So I was very confused by it.
4: She actually got a facelift between the first and second seasons, which... Like infuriated the people who run the show <laughs> because like they're trying, they're already going out of their way. I guess it took forty five minutes to make her look older every episode, and now she's like doing stuff in her personal life to look younger, which is just giving them more work. But um, just to go back to that line where she calls him a scuzz bucket, Joe, you were referencing it earlier.
2: Yeah, where she actually says he's a, he's a douchebag, <laughs> yeah.
4: which is probably they probably <laughs> kept I the car- crowd reaction from end.
2: douchebag and then used the line. Of oh, Scuzz Bucket because yeah, the studio I mean, is so good too. Like, it's sad that I mean, I understand why they couldn't do it in 1985 on network TV, but
4: I kind of like Scuzzball. I thought that was like such a silly line. I don't know. It's, again, it's like because it's so of the time, like you would never hear even like a modern day older person use something like that. So, I kind of liked hearing it. It's an old school, it, ugh, it's an old school insult, like we were talking about a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and then, um rose is talking about like this is so sad you know we're all so lonely and then by like miracle we found each other and dorothy's like rose like we both answered an ad to share like blanche's house that we found in the supermarket this isn't a resurrection it's hardly a miracle and again like you know i keep saying they're sprinkling in these details right so now we're finding out how did these three all come to be and it's not like i guess i would have assumed without this episode that they were just like lifelong friends not that I they always all, thought. Yeah, not that they found each other later in life. Yeah, me too. But, but
2: we find I'll that they all moved there after because they're all from different parts, like New York, Minnesota, and yeah. Georgia, I think. This is the only time in the episode that I, I felt that dialogue was a little forced.
3: Like, they both know this, and they're talking about it to each other.
4: Yeah, you know? I mean, it was a way to... Again, they're trying to give you all this information. Where I, 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 I get, get what they the were trying story. to do, it
3: just isn't... You're not going to speak in casual conversation yeah. to your friend in real life. If
2: like yeah, the five of us were having this conversation, we wouldn't be like, and remember that time at the supermarket <laughs> when we, like, it's just completely unnatural.
3: But I'll give them credit, because a lot of shows do that nonstop, and this is the only time in this episode that I can make that complaint.
4: Yeah.
2: That's true, it's the only time. True. And this, again, though, to me, this is the saddest, darkest line in the entire episode. Like, <laughs> this, like, genuinely hurts when, yeah. uh, when uh, Betty White says it.
4: Yeah. So like basically to paraphrase what Rose was saying, she's like, you know, it's to me, it was a miracle because like now we're all happy. And she goes on and she's talking about like, it's not fair. You get married and you have kids, but then your kids leave and your husbands die. And she's like, is this some sort of test? Like, like you, you work hard and you go through everything just to end up alone. And I was like, wow, like when she fucking was heartbreaking, it like, That's what horrible. a punch in the gut when she said that, like, this, I was like, Isn't this is supposed to be funny, Like go this, hug, a, hug an old lady. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> I know. It felt awful. It just like legitimately, I did not expect to, as I'm doing my notes to like, watch, you know, to talk to you guys about the fucking golden girls to have like this deep perspective on life all of a sudden. And like, it really did that line, like really made me like kind of sit and reflect and think a little bit.
1: Me too, I'm glad it wasn't just me, because I was sitting there and I'm like, man, I am coming up on the wrong side of 30. And I was like, I gotta
3: stop this for a minute, because what the fuck? Don't worry, though, when we're all old and we make the golden boys, we yeah. all live it together in Miami. I thought we were going to make the golden
1: showers. Well, no. to
2: be fair, Gordo, it took you over an hour of recording to make that joke, and uh, I lost five back. bucks on that bet.
1: So um, lost a hundred <laughs> bucks? What's that? You said you lost a hundred bucks.
2: Yeah, I was being facetious about how I would have bet that you would have said that earlier than an hour in.
4: Yeah, um, I would have taken first fifteen minutes. Yeah, but um. Although I will ends... say, I do
2: like keep coming soon or coming later when we are doing this podcast. Still, but we all live in Miami in a house together. I'm kind of uh, kind of intrigued by that.
4: Coming everywhere. <laughs> so the scene ends with her saying, "How there's too many uh, years left, and she doesn't know what to do." And uh, Sophia says, "Get a poodle, <laughs> so I guess like you did died. Need, you need some sort of comedy, right, like to break up that because it was so heavy, yeah. like you can't close the scene that dark, and it was um, so
1: random, like yeah. the, just get a poodle like it caught me so off guard, I loved it, and then I petted my doodle
4: <laughs> again, that's his dog, so um. Yes. The next scene, it's nighttime, and now we have Rose, Dorothy, and Coco uh are all in the backyard having like a drink and talking. Rose is talking about how sure she is that Blanche is gonna say yes. And tells Dorothy about how Blanche always needs to be with a man. And when her husband George died, she actually made a date with another guy at the funeral. <laughs> what a hoe. But because
2: well, she can't not fuck.
4: Right. So but before even that, like, forget. From her perspective, because, like, it gets explained, like, why she would do something like that. But imagine being the guy at the funeral and hitting on the widow and trying is to it, get a date with the widow at the is funeral. Is it like, Will Farrell from Wedding Crashers? Yeah, like you
3: I was assume, gonna say, how can
2: we brought up Wedding Crashers twice now in this episode?
4: You assume this guy is either a friend of hers, most likely a friend of her now deceased husband. So while you're at your buddy's funeral, you're hitting on his wife and setting up a date. How do we know that it wasn't her coming on to him? True to you? Uh, true, but then even I feel like as a it, friend, you got to show a little resistance.
2: It, you wait a day.
4: Yeah. Just not, not while you're still in your suit, but I, I guess shoot your shot, right? But, Literally
1: uh, and figuratively. Yeah.
4: So, and Rose goes on to explain, though, it wasn't that she, she didn't love George, but she just can't be without a man. And then starts going like you know, and like making like these gestures like to insinuate, physically she can't be without a man. She needs that, eat. yeah, pretty consistently, I guess. She needs a good dickin. Go ahead, Joe. What? He got distracted. He literally went into a drift. He was in his it. fantasy mode.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was yeah. I was thinking about if I was at that funeral. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that was like enough for dora that you now gets up and she says you know i'm subbing for a teacher who was shot by a student like i need all the rest i can get and
2: i I was gonna say like usually we're like you couldn't make that joke nowadays you couldn't make that joke nowadays this show does a very good job of no joke couldn't be made except for that and it's not because it's like culturally like not accepted anymore it's just because society has fucked itself up so hard that that happens you know what i mean like like and I don't think they would have foreseen that. Like it's not like a well that was racist or that was sexist. You couldn't say it, but like uh, that kind of hits weird now.
4: Rose starts to reminisce and says how she used to sleep so well, and like she never turned at all. Said you know I used to wake up with like a full head. You know like my hair was perfect. And then Charlie on the other hand moves all night long. His side of the bed looks like a murder took place. And she's speaking in like a present tense when she's talking about her husband Charlie, who apparently had died like 15 years ago. And Rose says she knows like he's dead. She's not crazy. She just likes to talk about him in present tense. Sometimes it makes him feel closer. And again, it was just like horrifyingly sad. It was sad, but she said it in such a sweet way that like, I don't know. It, it was almost like, she's um, okay with it. Yeah, and it, it almost gave you, like, perspective, like, I could see how that's comforting for anyone. Like, that wasn't just, like, a script thing. Like, I could see other people doing that and feeling that way. It, it then, was, like, clever. Once
3: again, be is unnecessarily mean about it.
4: Yeah, yeah. That was the thing, like, they, they were so, the desire to give her all these, like, sharp, sarcastic lines, there were times where it just didn't seem, like, the right way to go, and that was one of them.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, that was e
4: but Coco says, That's fine, Rose. You you do that. I don't mind at all. And am thinking, who asked you for permission, Coco? Like, right? Fuck you,
5: Coco. This
1: is
4: this is how this is how I like to, you know, handle the death of my husband. It makes me feel good. And he's like, Well, that's fine. I don't mind. Why would you mind? Like, okay.
1: Yeah, you're not the one mourning it, Coco.
4: Relax, Coco. Blanche walks in returning from her date. And they're obviously dying to find out what her decision was, but she's like kind of just trying to recap her date in general. And she mentioned that she had had some stone crabs, which I started to think, I don't know if I've ever had stone crab.
1: I don't. I I don't don't like like crab. crab.
4: I like crab under certain circumstances. Like I like crab cakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain
1: like, circumstances, like yeah, crab like, cake.
4: um, but I'm not one to like go to like the buffet and be like, oh, I got to eat all the crab legs. Like, that's not like something I like hunt for. And I love seafood.
1: So something else too that they bring up like two seconds later is oysters, which for some reason, it, maybe it's just me, but like raw bars are like ex- have exploded in like popularity or like they've become more prominent now. Which I is a feel weird like thing. they have been. It's a weird thing. I'm not an oyster fan. Well, we I'm live
4: in like this area. Burgers. Yeah, we live in this area too where obviously seafood is everywhere. So like, I don't know like what's as common if you're like midland, but we see a lot of it. But yeah, no, oysters were never like total. I don't hate them, but it's not something I seek out. I've actually if, never had them. A raw bar, I'm most likely just going to eat a lot of shrimp. Yeah, me
1: too. Me too.
4: Yeah, no, uh, oysters get mentioned because while Blanche is talking about how she got the stone crab and she was so relieved that it didn't have eyes. She said, she can't eat anything that has eyes. And Rose is like, I can't eat anything that moves. And then George is like, what, like a horse. And I didn't quite get that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, um, because
3: everything
2: moves. But yeah. I weirdly laughed at it too.
4: But um, she replies, no, like oysters. And she insists that they do move um, very slowly. If you look really hard, but yeah. Um, yeah. Not a fan. I don't know, like uh I don't mind the taste of oysters, but yeah, the texture it's like it's not something I seek out, but I don't mind them.
2: I mean they would kill me, so I've never had them before, but that's people a good seem reason to not have them, yeah. Yeah, that is a good one.
4: And now, to your th- knowledge, Joe, all shellfish? Uh shellfish or all fish?
2: So all so shellfish like legit will kill me. My throat closes completely, like immediately. And then any other fish I get sick and break out into hives and everything in varying degree depends on how much of it I've had or if something was cooked in the same oil or whatever. Right and um, yeah, shellfish my throat just goes like immediately like i the first time it ever happened luckily the only time uh, i took a bite out of what i thought was a chinese food chicken finger but it was a shrimp finger it hit my tongue and my throat started to close i didn't even chew it like i bit it it hit my tongue and it was immediate so i should probably carry like an epi pen around I guess. I would, yeah probably you know? did, you, that- did
3: you look like the toxic avenger after
2: uh, I definitely, no, I looked more like the guy from Robocop who was like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I couldn't speak. Uh,
4: or the rock in the game plan. I'm allergic to cinnamon. <laughs> yes. Was that something that developed later in life? Did you just not eat fish until that point?
2: No, I ate fish as a kid all the time.
4: Yeah. Huh. That's like I, always a fear of mine. I'm, you know, blessed as my, uh, I'm a large man and I like to eat a bunch of foods. And like the idea of, you know, i always, sympathize for you because just you have so many things on the menu that just got crossed off i'm like i don't know how i survive with that
2: yeah it sucks (laughs) i'll just say that it sucks and then like i just don't eat for like super long extended periods of time like it's why i don't like going away or like taking trips and stuff so much because you can't trust food
4: yeah like if you're gonna be sick for a whole day
2: after you eat you risk so much on a vacation so, like, if I have to go somewhere, like, when I went to Miami that time, I literally ate, like, two kind bars over the course of four days because I just, like, didn't want to eat anything. You get I think really that's good. where
4: you, you trust, like, nicer restaurants. It doesn't have to be expensive restaurants, but, like, yeah. ones that, like, are pretty well-received and rated because you know they take that stuff seriously, especially if they have gluten-free stuff, like, mentioned in their menus and stuff. Like, you know they're, they're putting in the effort
2: yeah and you always read the reviews like so for yeah. example, there's actually a restaurant in our town that has gluten free pizza right it's It's not a ch- big chain, but it's an all over main chain, and the reviews for the one in our town are terrible, the reviews for the one in Two Towns over are really good, so we just go to the One Two Towns over because yeah. we know the staff there gives a shit, and it's worth it,
4: yeah, especially if like the consequences feeling ill like for sure
2: I mean, the way I was look at it is if there's ever a risk of getting sick from the food, you'd rather just eat the good version of it. Yeah. Then get sick from the less good version of it that's supposed to not make you sick, you know what I mean? So, like, right. if that was the case, I would just order, like, fucking Domino's or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it'd probably be better.
4: In any event, they finally just outright ask, you know, if she's gonna marry Harry. <laughs> and, um, it turns out she did say yes, and they're gonna get married next week. And she says at their age, long engagements don't make a lot of sense, which, you know yeah. what? Fair. tracks. Fair. And then, Uh, Except for the fact that she's 50. (laughs) Right. We're going to keep arguing because I still think that despite her real age, she's meant to play older.
2: I would love to know. I mean, maybe we should do some looking into that. Or if anybody knows more than us, let us know. But is she meant to be the same age as the rest of them who are in their 60s? But
4: then again, even then, 63 is not that old. And just to, I don't know where else I'd pivot and throw in a Blanche fact, but did you see how she had it written into her contract that all the custom clothes made for Blanche she got to keep?
2: That's a smart move right there.
4: Yeah. And, like, over, like, what, seven seasons or whatever? Like, imagine how much fucking custom clothing you got out of that show.
2: And I'm sure it must have carried over into Golden Palace, which lasted for another year. So that's yeah. eight straight years of custom-made clothing. That's from, like, I'm guessing probably pretty good designers and, yeah. you know, makers.
4: Rose asks like, where are we going to live? And Blanche hadn't thought of that up until now. But says, like, you know, you guys can live here as long as you need, you know, to find a place. She uh, before heading to bed, she tells him that they're gonna go to New York for their honeymoon and hopes she doesn't get murdered. Weird last thing to say before walking away.
1: Well, huh. I mean, to be fair, in New York in the eighties, 80s...
4: it seems like a weird honeymoon destination, though.
1: No, no, I mean,
3: give New us York the world Trade center. Is... Hey guys, live... um, Blanche is actually supposed to be younger than her she... actual age on the show. Oh really? Okay, they so now be be no... forty. She's supposed to be forty-seven.
4: So huh. none of that just so sense. young.
2: That's ten years older than us.
4: I don't like shut to up. think that way. You shut
2: up. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah. Sorry, guys. First time comes for dodge, us all. Just, just shut up.
4: If you live in Miami <laughs> and you're like in the southern tip of Florida, there are so many nice tropical locations that you can fly to in a fraction of the time for your but, honeymoon than flying live all the way that, up to though. New York.
2: Yeah. You live in that. You live in That's Miami. the reason you go to Florida in the summertime from Boston, is because you want to be somewhere different, where the uh, weather's different.
4: But being in Miami is not the same as being, like, in a tropical island.
2: Well, I will say this, though. They do mention in this episode that Blanche works at a museum. So she yeah. obviously loves art and culture, right? That's so, like, true. what better place to go? How many museums are there in New York? You know, you can go to yep. the Met and all these places. So I imagine it's probably a little bit of that. It could have been. Also, Go to Hawaii. Could... Well, I'm sure New York has better museums.
5: But you uh, don't know if you're that. saying the
2: danger of New York in the 80s, which it was very high, right? New York was very dangerous. But again, we're, they're also living through the Miami cocaine drug wars right now, too. So eh, yeah, all, all the
4: same. So um, the only thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, though, was when Rose asks about where they're going to live and it kind of gets resolved pretty quickly. Blanche says, oh, you can stay here as long as you need. I felt like early in the episode, that was like a, there was a scene dedicated to that. So I thought that that was going to be a bigger plot point. And then it just kind of got resolved in a throwaway line, like the, oh yeah, you can live here. It's not a big deal. So it was like, it kind of like just made that whole scene before that pointless because it was a non-issue. She could have asked, well, where will we live without it? It was almost like they just needed to, when they talked about it, it was just to kind of give you more of their origin story. So it it came up like unorganically early on.
2: We had mentioned earlier too, we were like, where does Coco end up moving to? And the fact that he's not part of these conversations with them does kind of lead to, I forget who made the point earlier that, like, he stays with Blanche, but, like, maybe he does stay with Blanche.
4: But he's, like, he's hired help. You know what I mean? He's not just one of the gang.
2: But I think he lives there.
4: Yeah, but uh. as, as staff.
2: Because he would have had, ostensibly, a, a Sophia's room, right? Because there's um, three, four bedrooms. Yeah.
4: yeah, I guess so. Because, like I said, like, outside of the story, the intent was for him to be a main character.
2: Right. Because later on in the show, like once Sophia officially is in there, as you go to episode two and whatnot, Sophia has her own bedroom. She doesn't like live with Dorothy. So there are at least four bedrooms.
4: His like tragic end aside in real life. Just think about like being a guy like that or any, any shows, though, where you have these situations where you're doing a pilot episode of a show and then they're like, we have some notes and the note is to get rid of you. <laughs> and that's going to be a bummer. And then for the show to become such as gigantic, like, phenomenon like that lasted seven seasons and is still running in syndication like think of how many people are probably in situations like that where they were removed from pilot episodes of big shows
1: i can think of uh, a musical example the first
2: drummer of the beatles the best. best yeah so imagine being ones.
4: him yeah but that wasn't like a focus group going this guy gonna go <laughs> yeah
2: that was like band personnel changes and shifts you know what i mean like that's different than people being like we don't like this one fella yeah
1: I mean, but that's essentially what the Beatles did. They essentially said, we don't want this one fella in there, and then got Ringo.
2: Yeah, but then he beat all of them by putting out a record called The Best of the Beatles that were just songs that he recorded with somebody else that sold like <laughs> a million copies during Beatlemania, and he basically just Mr. Bean middle-fingered everybody for <laughs> all the way to the bank. He was fun to see live, though. I think I saw him in like 2004, and you were like... Oh, that's kind of fun. He just had, like, a fake Beatles band with him, and he just kind of smiled and played along with the drums. It was really cool. You
3: know what's strange? They Blanche, They don't even ask Blanche. They just she just kind of moved her mother in with them. <laughs> like, well, Yeah,
4: yeah I guess, um, th- well, they don't get into, like, the detail details in this episode, so I guess we're just to assume she's just supposed to spend the night. She yeah, doesn't, think, like, like, live there, live there.
2: Yeah, like, anybody else, right? Like, if, if one of us showed up at the, any one of the other's houses and were like, this just happened. You'd be like, yeah, you can crash with me for a few nights or until you get back on your feet. Like, I don't think it was implied that she was going to be like a permanent resident.
4: Once she leaves, Rose tells Dorothy that uh, her and Charlie waited years before they got married, like two years. And that's not like that long either. Two years. Um, And Dorothy says, I got married before my father finished the sentence. She goes, you married your father?
2: That line made me laugh pretty (laughs) hard. That
4: That was great. But also... In fairness, because there's a couple times where Rose kind of delivers a line where she seems dumb. This one was, the way that it was worded, Dorothy worded it in such a way that I could see how she was confused. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this
2: isn't just her playing off that, like, Rose is supposed to be dumb. This is a confusing yeah, way around Yeah, and then we these, find out yeah.
4: that Dorothy was basically in a situation where she had to have a blowgun wedding.
2: I fucking love that term. <laughs> that is definitely, in my brain, taking over for a shotgun wedding.
4: Yeah, that was that was funny. She's like, we, we're not from the Amazon. We're from Queens. Um, but yeah, Dorothy was pregnant and her father made um, Stan, who is her ex, marry her. And she's like, well, maybe that's why he left, because, you know, he was like forced into the relationship. And she's like, no, he left 38 years later for a stewardess, but he met on a business trip to Hawaii. And I was like, where the fuck do I get that job where they're sending you on like business trips to Hawaii all the time?
2: Yeah, also, this is like a weird short monologue that Dorothy gives. It's the best thing she says in this whole episode. She, like, knocks this out of the goddamn yes. park.
3: Yes. Oh, it my God. falls into a volcano.
4: <laughs>
2: this is like the funniest thing B. Arthur ever said, except for when she's in Mel Brooks's History of the World Part 1, which is one of the funniest things ever.
4: So, I, I actually, I don't have the whole quote, but uh, <laughs> she says that it was her first flight. They said, on arrival, give the passengers a lay she got confused, he got lucky and now they live in Maui. That's such a fucking great
2: little bit of fucking work right there, yeah.
4: And if that's like a true story, right, like not just like some like antidote that she's like telling him and like that's legitimately what happened imagine just being the confused stewardess who's like we have to do what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And that character
2: comes in too, he's like a real goofy character later on too, he's always got like a really bad toupee on, Stan, he's like a big part of the show later on and and that like they go through that storyline a lot later
4: this conversation like woke up Sophia, who thought that it was robbers and she said when she heard them she hid all her jewels and now she doesn't know where they are and it turns out she doesn't have any jewels and she's like well that's good because i can't find them
2: yeah this is a little bit too where you get that she also has a bit of dementia on top of the stroke stopping her from having a like sort of reflex to hold back things you know, now she also is a little loopy she's, too.
4: Yeah, they just play like in the fact that she's eighty and they just you know, your your brain's starting to slip a little bit. They offer Sophia some tea, but she says she would prefer a shot of gin with the beer back. And uh I am a, a shot drinker. of gin. I was gonna say I'm a Her? gin drinker. I would Ugh. never just do a Someone
2: shot of gin. Someone born
0: in the twenties?
2: <laughs> Okay, the, she's, like, used to drinking bathtub gin in Prohibition time, so it's a little different, I guess. And again, yeah.
4: like, gin's, like, my go-to most times I'm out, and I would just never be like, uh, shot of gin, please? Like, I would never, ever, ever do that.
2: If I ever see anybody take a shot of gin or a shot of vodka, I just assume that they're a fucking monster. Like, that, those aren't shooter liquors to me.
4: It's weird, man. Gin on its own, mm, tonic Christmas on its Tree. own, not my thing. Gin and tonic together, magical. Ah. Yuck. I don't like
2: tonic water, but I'm a big soda water drinker. I I don't like tonic tonic water. water.
4: I was going to say, I know Gordo likes tonic water. So um, it was actually, it was like a couple weeks back we were recording and I had like nothing to drink in the fridge. And all I had was like an opened tonic water. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, better than nothing. I brought it up. I'm like, I hadn't had tonic water straight up in years. So I'm like, it's probably, I probably like it more now that I drink gin and tonics. I took a sip and I was like, this is fucking vile! like you, i couldn't
2: you, you can't drink it alone and it's
4: weird we, it's like i drink so much of it in drinks but i can't do it so but low. gin's
2: such a flavorful liquor that it it really offsets it
1: i drink tonic water on its own i put a little bit of lime and you're good to go Tastes my
2: like not like likes a, tonic water
4: i just and I, again gin and tonic's my go-to drink but not on its own. See,
3: I'm, a, I'm a vodka with- soda drinker, and I've gotten vodka tonic by accident more times than, like, I can count. There's nothing worse than getting that first sip. Like, I'm like, a soda happened? drinker,
2: too, and if they fuck up. I ordered a bour- I think we talked about this in the podcast. Right? I ordered a bourbon and soda at uh, at the hotel in Canada, and they gave me a Crown Royal and tonic. And it was, like, the <laughs> most vile combination. Oh. But I was like, well, I'm fucking drinking it. It's midnight, and this is all there is.
4: I was, uh, I remember I was out with uh, like a date once and she was drinking um, Ferg's drink essentially. So she was drinking like vodka soda. I'm drinking gin and tonic. The person screwed it up, gave me soda, gave her tonic. And it was like, now no one's happy because um, (laughs) she didn't like vodka tonic and I didn't like gin and soda.
2: It is a funny thing as you get older when you find your drink. Yeah. You know, I love a good Um, beef eater and tonic with a lemon.
4: Especially when they're just lemon. these drinks that are just, like, simple old people drinks.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, everybody who just who mentioned a drink they like here mentioned two ingredients, which yeah. I think is also a thing about getting older, too, where are like, you don't want anything that's more than just, like, two ingredients or whatever, you know? This
4: isn't us all being 21 at, like, Faneuil Hall bars in Boston going, like, let's all do kamikaze shots all yeah. night.
2: <laughs> but
0: who so are the, the bartender in front of me that.
1: now?
4: What about cement trucks? The the cement, cement
1: mixers. mixers. Yeah.
0: That's... Yeah. Yeah, those, were cool. those, I mean, are those are kind of cool. I mean, that's a novelty. That's just like a funny a prank. prank. Yeah, yeah, it's a
4: prank shot for those of you listening who have never done a cement mixer. You basically get like the rose's sweet lime juice and a shot of like, is it Bailey or Kahlua that you do?
2: Uh, Kahlua. Kahlua? No, it's I Bailey's think. Irish. Bailey's. Ba- no, no, yeah, that is yeah. the
4: Irish. Um,
1: the Irish bomb.
4: No, so no. So, so you need that's Bailey's acidic. and Kahlua.
1: Uh, that's Bailey's and and Guinness. Yeah, that's yeah.
4: a totally separate thing. There's more than one <laughs> Bailey's drink. So what you do no. is only one. You do a shot of like one Highlander. first. You'll take the shot of Bailey's, but you hold it in your mouth, and before you swallow, you take the, the second shot juice. of the lime juice. Then you swish your mouth together, and then when you swish your mouth, the extreme acid and base curdles the drink, and it. That's why it's a cement mixer. Basically, turns into like almost like a the thick consistency pudding. is like, you're uncomfortable. Supposed
3: to, you're supposed to trick someone, tell them how long can you yeah. keep these in your mouth, and like, yeah. but don't tell them what it does. It's,
2: it's like, like you just turned 21. It's your first night at a bar. Let's right. fuck with our friend drink.
4: My brother refused to do one. Refused. No, he, ch- he
2: refused to do the Chicken Prairie Fire.
4: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That was like Wait, the other. I don't one. know the Chicken Prairie
2: Fire. What is that? Yeah, what At is that? Uh, Hong
0: Kong and Boston, they do this 21 sho- <clears throat> year old shot. You have to do it, yeah. It's uh, an, an egg, 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 hot sauce, and tequila, I think. It's that's disgusting. Awesome fucking awful jay's brother refused to do it and the guy who makes the shot there regularly he's like he's like i've been making this drink for 11 years he is the first person to not do it after i made it
2: (laughs) and we were like oh you bitch (laughs) i mean but again like when you're 21 you're like okay i'll do it at 37 though you're like get the fuck out of here i'm doing that are you
0: crazy my first drink when i turned 21 was actually my myspace profile when myspace died uh I did a Three Kings shot, a Johnny, Jack, and Jim, and it was it's viral. High. Yeah.
3: That sounds terrible. Yeah.
2: That's it, a, it is. Yeah. I, I think thought... once you get older and you're like, I mean, like, look, a shot is a very rare moment in my life now. I know, Gordo, you don't, really, you don't drink anymore. I don't know about you guys. And the last time you did a shot on purpose, it doesn't seem to come up very often at this point uh, in life. I
3: just got back from a wedding so recently.
2: But that's a thing. Is people doing it at like a wedding yeah. or something. That's an occasion.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's more of a celebratory thing than anything else. Um,
0: but even then, I'm not like line up the tequila. Like I'm like make no, one of these mixed no. shots, like, even like a kamikaze or something like that. Like because I don't need that much alcohol.
1: No, and I mean I haven't drank it so long that it, it it's a non fact. Because
0: especially at weddings too you're like, yeah, shots, and then you realize it's 9.15, and you're like, uh-oh. You yeah,
5: this day's going run run on. Up.
2: Yeah, I went to a wedding a couple, maybe a month or so ago, and uh it was like open bar all night, and I felt so responsible that I, I stuck to high life for the first, like, four hours or whatever, and then moved to water. For even the next day, <laughs> like, people were like, I'm not going to mention names, but a, a friend of mine who you guys know said like made the comment he was, to his girlfriend who was like, Joe's being responsible. You're not allowed to be more drunk than Joe is. That's <laughs> like, I finally grew up. I did it.
4: I'm the responsible one. So yeah, all this aside, to go back to the actual episode, this kind of started this conversation about how Rose shouldn't have had the tea so late, because now she's gonna have to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And typically she cuts off all liquids at noon. That is wild. It's like clearly a lie. yeah. So you don't drink anything with dinner?
2: Yeah, there's no way.
4: But um Sophia says uh, she never has that problem. She goes to the bathroom every day, like clockwork, at 7 a.m. Unfortunately, she doesn't wake up until 8.
2: I laughed. Also, I laughed, yeah. But also, I know Sophia's retired, but, like, Jesus Christ. imagine like, sleeping till 8 is sleeping so late to me. That yeah. Even at retirement, I'd be like, you were wasting so much of your day if you're getting up at 8 every morning. I sleep till like, noon, 1 o'clock on my days off. I that never. is, that would ruin my whole, I'd be miserable when I woke up. I feel like so I lost now, so much.
4: Yeah. So for me, like I, for work, have to wake up at around two 30 in the morning. So if it's my day off, I wake up at like five because that's sleeping in. Like, and also I don't want to get so off routine that when it's time to go to bed for work again, like I'm completely thrown off. Cause I stayed in bed till noon. Yeah. You'll I'm break an your animal. cycle. I'm an animal.
1: I'll do it. I don't being you feel like, like
2: you're just a waste when you wake up, though? Like, what do you do when you wake up at one in the afternoon? Yeah, like, do you um, remember sleeping over, like, if you did, like, a sleepover when we were kids with
0: Gordo? It's, like, you'd wake up at, like, nine, eight, whatever, and Gordo's fucking unconscious for the next five hours, and it's like, all right, I guess I'm gonna go home. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here.
1: I've always, I've always been a night out. Like, I always have been. Like, if I could do something where I worked like till like 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, Like I would totally do it. And not have to work at a bar. You got all types of weird overnighty jobs. I want to do completely overnight. I just want to do till like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I'm he good
4: to go. He could be a go. professional werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> True. Have you thought about professional werewolf? I have.
2: You can apply for that on monster.com.
4: <laughs> hey! Wow waka waka so um moving forward it's now the day of the wedding rose and dorothy are talking and rose is suspicious of harry who had seemed a little out of nowhere right they didn't really there was no build up to that or reasoning but um she says she can't even really place why but she needs to tell blanche and she can't marry him and dorothy says the wedding's in 12 minutes you can't tell her that especially since this is just like a crazy hunch Rose tells her, you know, my hunches are never wrong. Mrs. Gandhi would be alive today if she had taken her call. Like, is she talking about like Mahatma, Mahatma? Gandhi? Like, I mean,
2: I assume so. The like, Greg Gandhi.
4: Yeah, it's just like, I was like, is Mrs. Gandhi like a neighbor who died? Or did you have the phone number for Mahatma Gandhi's wife? One of four. Uh, he was married four times. Two died young. Yeah, I like, so which one are they talking someone may know? Yeah. <laughs> Rose keeps saying, like, I'm gonna tell her. So Blanche heads in and now like Dorothy is doing everything to stop Rose from saying anything to her. And at one point she like throws something across the room and basically makes Rose play fetch. And then later when Rose says, I think it's a mistake, Dorothy finishes the sentence and says, To wear all that makeup. So that's kind of like mostly what's going on in that scene is Rose wants to tell Blanche what's, you know, that she has this hunch, but Dorothy's, like, I don't know, like, even later, throughout the next few minutes, she's really pushing it along to make this wedding happen, and I didn't really know what her stake in the game was, why she's trying so hard to make it work. I, I think, think it the was wedding's just in... gonna happen,
3: regardless. Yeah. She wants to preserve the friendship. She tells her that, they get in a fight, they move out, they never see each other again.
4: Yeah. And that's, yeah.
3: each other is all they have. I think that's also
2: just a mean end for the show to get to the physical comedy scene, right? Where, like, that's what this whole set piece is. is Yeah. A lot of physical Throw comedy. Throw the
4: ball, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. The headlock.
4: Yeah. Because headlock was, killed me. Well, yeah. Because um... the what, kiss is what killed me.
2: The kiss is good.
4: Well, next, Blanche goes on about how happy she is. So, like, you, you see, it's like killing Rose because he wants to say something. And Blanche excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And whenever, she says whenever she gets nervous, she has to go. This is why she opted to get married at the house. Because she doesn't like the germs in public bathrooms. And it's like, if you're this much of a germaphobe, that this is affecting your wedding venue, then you are at a point in your life where you can't leave the house. Like, how, does how, she, does... how does she fuck? Okay. Um, <laughs> <so yeah. laughs> what does that have to do with public bathrooms? Because she's she's
1: made out to be a... a hussy and right. so if she's that icky with private parts and bums and peepees why are you leaving she- out
3: poop? Poop is a very big part of that.
4: I feel like I'm in kindergarten having this Yeah I don't know what's going on right now. That being said you left a golden opportunity you said if she feels so icky you could have said then how does she still get the dicky and you didn't take it so that's on you. That being said, and we're in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay no, saying, I'm, we're in kindergarten. "I'm saying, listen, you guys already set that up. You left grow that up. one on the table." But what Jay, I'm trying, you guys are in
2: kindergarten. You didn't do the rhyme. <laughs> yeah, what I'm
4: trying to say though, is the, the actual the actual like reality of the situation. If she had to make her wedding be at her home because she's so skeeved out by bathrooms, how do you do anything? Like, how is she going to go on her? New York. Honeymoon? honeymoon? How does she go to dinner? You know, she just has to hold it in at all times?
3: I don't think it's the level of germaphobe you're assuming. I think it's just that she's like a hoity-toity like southern girl is like, that's gross. If like, it affects
4: where you have your wedding. She said that's why she's getting married at home, though. That's Was- the only reason it strikes me as odd.
1: Is it just because she's nervous, though? Because she says she does it when maybe she So she's gonna have to pee it? that much?
3: She's. I think that's also an excuse. She's old. They both have been married. You're not gonna have a big like outdoor wedding with fest- yeah. with festivities and stuff. So at the at the house makes the most sense anyway.
5: Yeah.
4: As she heads over to the bathroom, this is what you guys were talking about earlier. This is like Rose now. Like as she exits the room, like goes to scream, "Don't!" And then Dorothy's like quick to like cover her mouth with her hand and tells her Blanche is happy. And, you know, you have to promise you're not going to say anything. And she's like, do you promise? And then kind of uses the force of her own hand, which is over Rose's mouth to nod yes. And then Blanche walks in as Dorothy, like, kind of transition into that sleeper hold. But Blanche is, like, confusing this for a hug and, like, joins in on it and, like, gets in on this, like, three-way hug. And, you know, it's, you know, saying how she's never had two better friends.
1: Now, Joe, would you like to be the meat? In that sandwich
2: no, no, no offense be Arthur, I don't wanna i i you know, I don't wanna be part of that one, I don't think
4: I feel like if you were to have had adult relations with B Arthur, she would just be mean to you the whole time,
2: yeah, she does seems like she'd be mean she's also I think like a good solid two feet taller than me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it for the story yeah, yeah i, I mean, worth B. it for the Arthur. story too be Arthur B. Arthur outstanding, <laughs> outstanding. Yeah. uh so. Now Rose tries again to, like, speak up, and Dorothy just shoves her in a closet, (laughs) and the scene closes with, like, Coco telling him that the minister's there, and Dorothy and Blanche exit, and as the scene's, like, fading to black, you hear, like, the knocking from the closet and Coco going over to, like, Freer, which I think was good, because it was, like, quick, but you have to explain why she's no longer in the closet.
3: It would have bothered me if they didn't put that in. Yeah, so
4: it was, like, nice and subtle enough. So now we flash forward, and everyone's waiting in the living room, and Harry's already a half hour late, and the minister is like, hey, I gotta go soon. And they get him to agree to wait for, like, five more minutes, and he's like, sure, but after that, I have to go and bury Mr. Pincus. <laughs>
2: so now do you think Mr. Pincus is an old guy, or do you think he was mowed down in the drug wars?
4: I think that was more likely, that he got mowed down. mm so now, finally, the joy rings, and Blanche rushes over to get it, thinking it's Harry, but it's not. It's a police officer. So Blanche fears that he's dead. Turns out that he was just arrested, and the officer hands her a note that Harry had left her and um, tells her how, like, Harry was a bigamist and had six wives and was wanted in four states. Yeah, Joe, you were talking about that earlier, right? How the officer handled the situation.
2: It's just so weird. He comes in. He tells her why he won't be there, tells her the charge gives her way more information than she doesn't need like how many wives he has and how many states and then hand delivers a letter like all of that seems so wrong to me Like he would have come and been like ma'am i'm sorry i came to inform you that your fiance has been arrested if you need to come visit him at the, uh, the station we can drive you down there uh, they wouldn't just go into all of this information and then he's just like have a good day ma'am here's your note like what the fuck no way
3: I was like, you're under arrest. All right, but take this this letter to my wife. Oh,
2: here we go again. Yeah, I also like, think that doesn't happen. I mean, maybe if you get somebody who, like, you tug his heartstrings a little, you're like, hey, look, I'm going to end up standing up my fifth wife here or whatever, You your know, seventh wife here. Uh, she's waiting for me at the altar. Can you just go give her this note? But the note isn't pre-written either. It explains, like, it's like, hey, I'm sorry about this. I hope you can forgive me someday, which means he wrote it after he was arrested.
3: Maybe he carries it around in fear he's going to get busted <laughs> one
2: day. He's like, can you just take this note and write Blanche where I have the <laughs> yeah, card? I, have, an empty I spot. have a number of these. I mimeoed <laughs> to some copies earlier. whom it way
3: concern, It's like.
4: So, um.
2: Like, ostensibly, have... that would be his one phone call, wouldn't it?
4: Yeah, that would make yeah, more sense. Yeah, make well, more sense maybe, to call her. Yeah, but if he has, like, other wives, he might have called someone else, <laughs> But, I guess um, if the
2: cop doesn't show up, though, it sounds like a lie. Like, imagine you're waiting at the altar, and your, like, wife-to-be stands you up, and then she calls you, and she's like, I'm not arrested! you my one phone call! Help you forgive me! you like, I feel like this is a lie.
3: Like, Blanche isn't married to him yet. She gets this nice letter. All the others have their worry, wonder why their husband yeah. never came home. <laughs> right. right? There are six other women right now who are like, Where's Harry? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why the cop rushed out. He had six more to <laughs> I have all the letters to deliver across the country. all letters to
4: deliver. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was hard times. So he was also doing, uh, working for Western Union at the time. <laughs> Telegram for Mongo. It's like. <laughs> Where's Harry? He's not in his cell. (laughs) Hey, shut him.
4: (laughs) So, uh, after the um, officer leaves, Blanche tells him how she feels like such a fool and is hoping that maybe the shock will be too much for her heart and she'll drop dead right there and the minister can bury her with Mr. Pincus. And...
2: Not just a fool, an old fool. You know, a 47-year-old fool.
4: Well, Well, to be fair, I call myself fool. Yeah. But I mean, um, like,
2: I think, I think we think of everybody thinks of themselves as old, right? I think it's just the nature of how that is. But 63 to 47, I feel like it's insulting too. If you were 47 and you went up to your 63 year old friend and you're like, I just feel like an old fool. I'm so old. They'd be like, shut up. Yeah.
4: But uh, I just thought that line was just so dark. Like, just, the, I hope that essentially that, like, I'm in such shock that my heart stops beating. It was like, oh.
2: yeah it's a little there's some dark moments in this episode yeah a
4: little dramatic but again a lot of comedy gets woven in because she's she's then says you know if she just dies I won't have to look anyone in the eye ever again and Rose replies with except maybe Mr Pincus and when she says that Dorothy does like this weird shoulder pinch to Rose like it wasn't like it wasn't a pinch she like kind of grabbed her shoulder like a claw (laughs) like I don't I don't know what that move was
1: it's like what I do with my dog like I, I do that. Like Caesar Milan taught us that. The, psh, not oh, me personally. I was gonna say you went to a show. class.
4: That must have been very expensive.
1: They are, but no, I just watched the dog whisper. But you're supposed yeah. to do that. Go. Psh, 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 to the so, dog. um, didn't
2: know that.
4: The next scene yeah. is uh, it's a different day, and Rose and Sophia are outside in the yard lounging when Dorothy walks in with a wet newspaper. And she says, if I meet our paper boy, he will not live to be a paper man. <laughs> Florida's, ha- Florida's having a drought in the entire state. There isn't enough water to make a cup of tea. And he finds a puddle.
2: I find it hard to believe that it didn't just open up and pour rain for like 20 minutes a day in Florida. Because that's just what Florida does all the time.
4: Yeah, me too. Think about like those times, though, when you did you were so like reliant on the newspaper for like your daily like entertainment. And it just shows up and it just soaked.
2: you can't read it. Well, I mean, at this point, too, we're in the era of cable news, right? CNN was a 24-hour network still, right? That started in 1980.
3: Oh, no, I don't know if no, they have I'll cable. never know what happened to Mama Duke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, I hope only Dilbert was around.
4: That's, uh, this is also when she walks up to her mother and holds, like, the mirror under her nose to verify if she's breathing or not. because <laughs> she was like, That's a gag that'll never out. not be funny. Yeah, that was really funny. And, um, she then asked Rose how Blanche is doing. And we find out she hasn't left her room in like three weeks. She called out of work. Um, They're nervous like she's going to get fired. And Dorothy says, you know, we've tried everything to get her out of the room. And it kind of goes over like, you know, we've offered to take her to concerts and all this and that. They can't get her out of the house. And Rose is like, well, grief takes time. So Dorothy's like, listen, if you're Irish, you have a wake, you eat, you cry, you drink, you vomit, and you're done. If you're Jewish, you cry, you sit, you eat for seven days, you put on 10 pounds and it's over. We Italians scream, dress up a donkey, hire a band, and that's it. Uh, and She said that this is like more like the Protestant way of life to dwell the way um, Blanche is. Uh, I want to go back because, again, every culture is a little different. As an Italian guy, I've never dressed up a donkey. I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of history to that, but only we'll at Christmas.
1: I've never heard of that.
3: Either. Dominic the donkey. Ha, hee-ha,
2: hee-ha, ha, hee-ha. Ha, hee-ha. The
1: Italian Christmas donkey. <laughs>
3: Feel this was a couple of weeks ago.
4: I feel like it's a new um, year donkey. It looks like the Irish method is like the one that's most used by most people these days.
3: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah. We
2: appreciate your contributions.
0: Well, we have they're called wakes because of the Irish, aren't they? I think so. Is I think that how that started. Like, there was like a famine, uh, and like they were they were burying people still alive because of whatever sickness they were getting, and then so like the wake was literally to see if they would wake, oh. and then they would bury them. Also it was very fucking your, dark.
1: And it was done in your house. Yeah. Um, You would also have bells on. Uh, it was so frequent that in England, you would I guess have that's bells.
0: a that's a myth. That didn't really happen. The bells? Yeah. For, they, they said that's where For Whom the Bell Tolls came from. I um, saw that on a movie.
3: Oh, no. Saved so by recently, the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Rem- I, yeah, that's where the Saved by the Bell term came from. But I guess it's not true. I can't remember true. what I watched. No. No, yeah. but I mean, probably really... some
2: weird magician who ran a sandwich shop.
4: <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so Sophia says, when I go put me in a steel sack and leave me on the curb next to the can. can What's I a plant? steel
2: sack? Yeah, that's where I got thrown <laughs> to. You. I was like, is it made out of like, is it like a Brillo sack? <laughs> <or something?"> like <laughs> so, yeah. Steel doesn't usually make uh, that kind of material. I mean, I got
4: balls of
1: steel, but my sack isn't.
4: Like, um, I got nothing. It's
2: like, good for you for having a retort. I have been stumped by that one. I
4: was, was going <laughs> to say, like, cheesecloth was, like, the first thing that came to mind. Blanche they actually stale had...
3: Steel sack is a product name for a trash bag manufacturer.
4: Oh,
2: oh. Back then. Well, that makes a lot more sense, then.
4: So, uh, yeah, Hefty, so hefty, hefty.
2: hefty. <laughs>
4: Blanche then heads out, and she seems like she's doing good, like nothing really ever happened. And she you know, and shares the other girls that she really is fine. And she was talking about how, you know, at first she wasn't and like legitimately wanted to die. And the only time she felt worse is when her husband died. And when that happened, her kids were there to like pull her through. And that kind of made me think, like, why aren't the kids here now? Like she was supposed to get married, right? Why weren't they around for the wedding?
2: Yeah. I mean, even with a week's notice, if you found out that like your parent was getting married, you'd probably try to make... The trip down. I or will say there was somebody like who's watched every line. episode of Golden Girls. All of their kids do not show up as much as you wish they would for these nice ladies. Do
4: you think there'd be at least a, a throwaway line? Like, oh, the kids got stuck. They can't make it. Blah, blah, blah. Right. The
2: like, plane got delayed in yeah. Ann Arbor or something. Yeah.
4: But um, from there, she keeps talking about, you know, today she got in the shower and she heard humming. And she thought, is someone in there with her? And it turned out. Hi, Blanche. It was Joe.
2: Yeah, was
4: But in actuality, the humming came from her. And she only hums when she's feeling good. And that's when she realized that the reason she's feeling good is because she has Rose and Th- Dorothy in her lives. And that those two make her happy to be alive. So now Rose says, how about we all go to Coconut Grove and have uh, lunch to celebrate? And Sophia's like, what? That she left her room? And uh, no, that we're together. And that no matter what happens, even if we all get married, we'll stick together. Um, Flash forward seven seasons. That's not how that works. But... um, Thank
2: you for being a friend. Yeah. Thank um, you for marrying Leslie Nielsen. Yeah.
4: They ask Sophia if she wants to join. She says she needs to um, rest. She has a date tonight. With the fancy man, (laughs) they're going to the dog track. The fancy man being Coco. They ask uh, Dorothy, your mom bets? No, she rides. She's a dog jockey. Let's go.
2: Well, as long as he doesn't leave her and the dog in the car, I guess. Stop we'll be, it. Uh...
4: Why are you butting oh, the show God. with that? <laughs> yes. I
1: hate how much that's funny.
4: <laughs> There's nothing funny about that story to me at all. No, it's no, an awful, joke awful was story, funny.
1: but. I'm not laughing at the, the dog. I'm laughing at Joe's timely
4: joke right so uh in any event, yeah that's the close of the episode um ends on some classic dorothy one-liner sarcasm um but yeah that's it that's all of um this episode any other go- uh, golden girl tidbits you guys want to sneak in
2: i just want to say that i'm so glad that this activates so many shows for us and i feel like you're going to be seeing one sooner than later I'm a little sad, though, because I've wanted to do Empty Nest for so long, but I feel like we really can't put all the Golden Girls shows this close together, so... I don't think... Yeah, maybe we gotta uh, pace ourselves. Yeah, maybe <laughs> this summer good. we'll talk about Empty Nest.
4: But, uh, yeah, it's funny. Before, you know, we, we record our episodes, I'll, I'll pop on, you know, IMDb, and I'm searching around at trivia and stuff, just, like, you know, fun little things about the show. The, the Golden Girls trivia, like, just on IMDb alone... Would take you an hour to read. There's so much stuff that lot. I I had to tap out. Did so, you read uh,
2: about the restaurant Rue Lala? La?
4: No, not to be confused with Michael Scott's um, shoe store Shoe Lala. La.
2: Shoe Lala. La. So this was actually all Rue La Rue. And this was from 2020, no, 2017. It only lasted a year. Uh, Rue McClanahan's like best friend, who she like bequeathed all of her possessions and belongings to, opened a Golden Girls themed eatery in New York City. Why uh, were oh, hearing like, about that? All of Blanche's stuff up and everything, and it sounds like it was probably pretty amazing, but it only lasted for less than a year. Hey, Why restaurants, didn't no- you Restaurants are notoriously hard to keep open, but it's a specific theme. It's a pretty specific theme.
4: It was in New York, and you didn't go.
2: I only found out about today. I had no idea.
4: Oh, maybe if that's I had a known
2: in 2017, point. I would have yeah. gone.
4: That's probably the problem. That's like uh, not long ago. I went to Richmond, and it was like a priority of mine that I had to go to the the Guar Bar. <laughs> I was like. I don't know how long this place is going to be open for. So while it's still open, like I have to make my way to Richmond and check this out. And I was giddy when I checked it. out.
2: But you missed Foam which I think is pretty close. What's that? Uh, in Virginia, we stopped at it once coming back from tour. It was a life size, or not life size, but like true to size Stonehenge made out of giant foam bricks that oh. like some artist just installed. And it was just like one of those like side of like, you know, the side of the Roberts like, come see Foam Henge. We were just driving, and we were like, I mean, I guess we'll go see what Foam Henge is. It did not disappoint.
4: Not, not Spinal Tap level. No, I, I know, it was losing. much bigger
2: than the Spinal Tap ones, which
4: also uh, Coco's in Cocoa. Spinal yeah, Tap. Yeah, Coco's and, cool. and Spinal Tap, yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's a good way to round it out. So, um, I think we've exhausted all the talk for Golden Girls for this week. Um. So, nothing left to do but Greenlight or cancel. Nick, I'm going to start with you.
0: This show was not made for me now or me then <clears throat> when this show came out well i didn't exist when the show came out but uh it still hits somehow there's something um it's like indescribable as to why it's enjoyable really because it's just three older ladies four older ladies that are you know just living their post well actually they're still working i was going to say post-retirement life but they're still working they're just living in florida and going through the motions on paper. It doesn't make any sense as to why it would be interesting, but for some reason it is. I watched half of the second episode. I just, I was like, I'm just going to let it run and see what happens. Um, it was a fun watch. Uh, it's a green light for me. And, uh, I really didn't think I was going to green light this. Like I thought it was just going to be like a blah. This is boring. Like it's not made for me. I'm not really into it, but I was pleasantly surprised. So it's a green light for me.
4: Gordo.
1: Yeah. Uh, same thing as nick you can't cancel this um it it was brilliantly written the cat every character and i think we kind of glossed over this kind of in the bigger picture here all of them had amazing chemistry right off the bat you thought you i thought we were mid season not episode 1 With the way that all, with just the rapport between everybody, the timing of the jokes, the writing, everything. It's just, if that's episode one, the show's only going to get better. My only question is, where do you go to watch it? Because I don't think that we mentioned that earlier. It's on Hulu. 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 Okay, great. Because I'm definitely going to watch episode two, Greenlight.
2: Joe. Yeah, I mean, no argument to anything Nick or Gordo said. I mean, this show... Has everything you want. Really, the sitcom makes it really work. I think there's, a, it's, this show is probably more popular now than it ever was, even in its own run. Like, it just keeps finding new lives, and I think that says something for a show that's 40 years old, right? Like, it's dark, but it's funny. It's heartwarming, but it's zany. It's, it talks about weird, dark cocaine stuff. Like, it, but it all works, and it is just kind of a weird, perfect sitcom. Uh, I absolutely love this show. Uh, although I do love Golden Palace more, but Greenlight.
3: Bert, it's one of those shows that, like, became just popular to meme on, like, more than anything. And people, like, ironically, for the longest time, Um, I had pr- pretty much came in here full plan on canceling it. Because, like Nick said, it wasn't made for me, wasn't anything. I have no intention of watching the next episode but I'm giving it a full green light because I did enjoy this episode, but not enough to keep watching. I think it's a well-made show and everything like that. Um, great cast. Everyone, like Gordo said, um, great chemistry. The well-made show. It's just not for me, but a uh, green light.
4: Yeah. So I'm not here to rock the boat. Um, I'm going to give it the green light as well. So I don't think it's a perfect show. Um like, I was confused by why like and it's not because I know about the future, but like Coco's character didn't have much of a place. They didn't give him much personality or anything to do. So he just kind of existed. So I can see why he was like phased out. Maybe if you had given him a little bit more, um, he would have worked out. And like I said, there was just so much stuff I really did like about it. The way they kind of weaved in their back history without forcing it down your throat. Um, so when I started watching it, my initial reaction actually was to cancel. But then like just as you think about it and it's clever, and I just think um they make it so relatable. And I said that earlier, you know, so even though it's like three older women talking, it's it's a show that's rooted about just friendship, right? And it's we kind of talked about that way back when we did our that seventies show episode, and that's what made the show so great. It wasn't just the fact that, you know, the jokes were there and everything, it was it's rooted in like this real life type friendship that you can relate to. And I think with these girls, we're seeing the same thing. It just, there's a lot of, you know, um, parallels you see within your own friend groups. So, uh, a green light for me as well. So that's a perfect five out of five. Congrats to the golden girls. Five timers club. That being said, thank you everyone for listening. Guys, go to S one E one pod.com. Again, That's where you can find all the links where you can listen to us, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff that everyone asks for when you listen to their stuff or watch their stuff. Um, S1E1pod.com. But yeah, go to our Twitter, Instagram, give us some follows there. We have a lot of content out each week. Or if you haven't followed us on Instagram thus far, we preview what we're going to put out next. So if you're someone who only listens to us, you typically wouldn't know what our episode is going to be until release day when it's actually physically available for you to listen to. If you go ahead and follow us on Instagram, you find out a few days prior what that show is going to be, which gives you the opportunity to watch it ahead of time, and then it might be better for you to follow along. Happy New Year. Thank you. Goodbye. I
2: think we got the best too much information, Policeman.
1: I'm going to bury my Mr. Pinkus.